Hello and welcome to the Shea Hits Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate being 30 and still not being 100% back to healthy. And my name's Kyle and today I hate my shitty broken body. So we're both in a great place today. <laughs> mine's mine's a twofer. I couldn't decide what I hated more. Being 30, which is terrible, or the fact that I'm now over three weeks in and I'm still congested, still coughing, my ears still ringing. I just can't, whatever this, it is just my life now, I guess. It's just, I'm just perpetually, like, have allergies, effectively. Well, you know, you're just, you're so old now that um, your bodies can't keep up anymore. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah. I remember uh, Louis C.K. has a bit, regardless of what you think about <laughs> right. Louis C.K. now, but he has his whole bit where, like, he goes to the doctor and because he, he, his ankle hurts and he's, like, asking the doctor about it. And the doctor's like, yeah, you know, uh, you just need to stretch out your ankle every day for, like, 10 minutes. And Louis is like, okay, so is that, like, it'll take a couple weeks to heal or what's the kind of time frame? The doctor's like, oh, no, you just do that now. Like, that's just what you do. <laughs> because it doesn't get better like that's just your life now you just have to stretch your ankle like your body is just bad it's just you're dying <laughs> and that's how i feel i'm just yeah. dying this it's just it hit me before 30 that's it's unfortunate yeah well you know it hit i'm only 25 and hit me but that's just because i've been doing stage crew every day and my body's yeah. just not used to that kind of stress on a daily basis so how how has your body broken? Um, my left shoulder always hurts. Um, <laughs> both of my knees are not great, mm. and my back. I've always had knee problems. Yeah, my back always hurts, um, and my neck has not been comfortable for about two weeks. And yeah. my hands, when I wake up, my hands are swollen. So mm. like every morning, I think it's just like I sleep on my side, and so right they like fall asleep at some point. Yeah. So I, my hands are just are swollen. Uh, I, I'm seeing behind you in your webcam, I see a very expensive drum set that hasn't been set up in a long time as actually set that up. True. What's up with that? That is true. So for my birthday, oh shit, I, to, like, yeah, I realized that I turned 30 in between podcasts, but I because of that my birthday was between the podcasts right and i forgot about my birthday but <laughs> yes i was just, i'm so like caught up on the three zero number that i forgot that the birthday actually happened but yes yeah. my drum set is set up in our apartment i have not had my drum set set up in probably five years since kelly and i moved in together since we got an apartment together my drum set has not been set up which is yeah it's been about five years and it's been stored like at Kelly's parents' house and they had a storage unit for a while. I've had a bunch of stuff in our closet and it's just been, I've never had room for it and it's much too loud to play in an apartment complex. But for my birthday, Kelly got me these drum heads that replace your regular drum heads and they're kind of like a practice pad. So they're very muted. They still Mm. make a little bit of noise and um, you actually get a lot of rebound. Like they feel like, like a marching drum head they're very oh. bouncy like much more bouncy than a regular drum set drum head so it's but not yeah, a pad they, you put on the head you actually correct. like it's a new drum head. head yes oh. and it's super cool like it's very quiet i can play and even even on for my bass drum it, like the kick drum 
I have one on there. Um, I have pads for my cymbals as well. Those have been a little less effective. She got me one for my hi-hat that's kind of like a rubber thing that uh, wraps around the whole cymbal. And that, you get a lot of attack noise because it's like a hard rubber material. And so it's like, it doesn't, it's like hitting a piece of wood, the feel of it. It's like a lot of attack. You don't get the cymbal reverb and it just doesn't really feel like a cymbal does. And then I got a like more uh, foamy overlay for my ride cymbal. And that one I like because it still sounds like a cymbal, just much more quiet, but there's no rebound on it. It's like hitting a pillow. And Uh. so it's like neither one of those is really doing what I want it to do. So I'm, we, we've been looking a little bit online to see if there's, like, other kinds of cymbal muters you can get. But uh, the drums are fantastic, so I've been playing every once in a while. It's still, like, like I still can't go 100% out because it'll be too loud. And so there's that little bit, like, it's just in the back of my head. Like, I'm, I'm a little tentative. Plus the yeah. fact that I haven't really played regularly in five years. Well, right. I'm not very good anymore, and that makes me very sad. <laughs> yeah, you need to I mean, build not those to toot my own horn, but I was a pretty good drum set player when I was playing regularly, and now it's like I just don't have a lot of the finesse that I used to for a lot of the faster beats between, mm-hmm. like you know, the, the hands and the feet. Kind of the the beats aren't uh, as clean as maybe they once were, but just got to practice up. But I'm very happy to have it back, and yes, looking at it in my webcam, seeing it behind me, it's just nice to see my drum set set back up. Even though I got a bunch of decal stickers, like, in high school when I got this drum set. And so my drum set is covered in stickers of bands I haven't listened to in a decade and Family Guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit outdated. I need to get a new (laughs) kick drum head. Uh, But, yeah, Yeah. it's it's fun. That's funny. (laughs) Family Um, Guy stickers. I know. There's like a quagmire sticker right in the middle of my drum head. And when I was was just like, oh, no, (laughs) 18-year-old Shay, what has time done to you? Or I guess in that way, time has been a positive change. Yeah. Because I have the used My Chemical Romance, like Tiggy Peck Sunday, a lot of old bands that I don't listen to anymore. Yeah, and this is why I don't fucking get tattoos. If I can't stand, like, being six years removed from mm. drumhead stickers, right. I can't imagine having something on my body that is, like, so time and place like that, you yeah, know? Yeah, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but I've been considering getting a tattoo for a while now, and one of the things that always held me back was acting. I didn't want to have a tattoo in a place that like would have to be covered up in makeup every time I get a role. Now that I'm not acting anymore, that problem isn't there. And so I've been wanting to get one. And part of it's just because like tattoos are not like it's not my thing. It's a very non shay thing to do, which kind of makes me want to do it. It's like a little mini midlife crisis kind of thing. <laughs> I'm but, 30. Uh, I gotta get a tattoo. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I've been thinking about it for a while. But that is something that is always in my mind as a concern of I don't want to get something. And I've heard this from people that have tattoos. You don't want to get something that means something to you right now. You want to get something that has meant something to you for a long time and will always mean something to you. Right. And also you don't want to get one that could potentially be ruined by something. So like like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. 
if I got like the Millennium Falcon tattooed. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. That will always be cool to me. Like, if it came out that George Lucas was a neo-Nazi, like, that wouldn't make me not love Star Wars, you know? Like, that wouldn't ruin my passion for it. But like, What if the new solo Star Wars trilogy is super fucking terrible and awful and is one of the worst Star Wars things ever made? Well, first, I don't think it's a trilogy. I think it's just one movie. I thought they were going to make a series... I don't them. think, I mean, maybe if it does well, but I don't think that was the, but regardless, okay. that I don't, I don't care because even if like, I mean, we've gone on and on about how much I'm not super into the new star Wars movies. And even if solo is terrible, that doesn't take away the original Han Solo, the original star Wars. And that's just one of the options. Like I might get like a new Jedi order symbol or like the rebel Alliance symbol, something like that, which like that, okay. that's never gonna fade. Like that'll never not be cool to me. Okay. But my point, I guess to make it the same, I wouldn't want to get like a Poe Dameron tattoo, even though I like Poe Dameron. Not that I would get one anyway, because that'd be, it's like a little like fangirl. But if I got a Poe Dameron tattoo, and then in the ninth movie, he's, you find out that, oh, he's a rapist. Like that would ruin the character maybe. And I probably wouldn't want to have a tattoo of him on my body. But if it's something sure. general, just Star Wars, that's never going to not be something I'm passionate about. Okay. That's where I am on tattoos. My original intention was to get one for my 30th birthday, and I waited too long to like plan it, and I certainly wasn't going to rush that decision. So I'm still tattoo-less. But maybe before I turn 31, I'll be a cool tattoo guy, and then I can be a cool tattoo dad who's like in his late 30s with his like five-year-old kid at the park. And I've got like a sweet like sleeve tattoo. I want to be a cool guy. I get like a cool one of those cool haircuts that's like super shaved on the side, like the slick back. Maybe I'll be a cool guy. That's that's eventually I want to be a cool guy. <laughs> Maybe I'm a cool guy. Side. I'm a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was kind of my big uh, birthday gift. Got a lot of money and gift cards and stuff, which obviously I, I'm still super appreciative. I want to get some new shoes. I need to go to the outlet mall to go to the, the Vans outlet store, get some nice. new kicks. So, yeah, going to do some clothes shopping like an adult. Okay. Yeehaw. Do you have any big plans for your birthday? It's only – it's like a month no. and a half away now. No, I don't make plans for my birthday. You're turning 36 – or no, sorry, 26, right? 26, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's not that exciting of a birthday. 25 was something, though. 25 is when you can rent a car. That's like an event birthday. Yeah, and it's a good thing because when I go on my honeymoon next year, I'm probably going to need to rent a car. Yeah. Something, but 26, no. 26 is nothing. No. I think have- 26 is when you age out of your parents' health insurance, isn't it? Or is that 24? Uh, I think you might be right. I think it's 26. I think you have okay. it through your 20. But you have your own health insurance anyway, right? Yeah, through my job. Right. But yeah, I, you I – think about it this way. There was something to look forward to in turning 25. Like there was an, an adult event where you can rent a car. You, there will never be another birthday that will be good for you. Yep. Because 26, 27, 28, 29, those are all meaningless. 30 is terrible, and then every birthday after that is more terrible because you're getting old and, like, older. 
I mean, whatever birthday of the year that I die will be pretty good. Cause like, but Why? like, I won't, but I won't know that until I'm already dead. So it's not like just on because the... it'll, it's your last birthday that makes it good. That's yeah, dark. cause then I just don't have to deal with anything anymore. You know what? I hear, I hear you. <laughs> Just, I'm so sick of all the shit. Just the sweet release of death. Yeah. It cannot come fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as it's after Kingdom Hearts 3, <laughs> that's been like the one thing. What a weird <laughs> final wish. I'm not going to lie. As long as like, I live to see Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm good. Like for the past eight years or however long it's been since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, like 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've been like, you know, what if I die before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out? That would suck. Yeah. But now that, like, Kingdom Hearts 3, the release is impending, it's, like, even more depressing because I find myself not all that excited about it. Same. Well, yeah, I am excited about it, but I am worried. Like, I am, I, I have, the potential is high. But yeah. I'm worried about it because since Kingdom Hearts 2 and even parts of Kingdom Hearts 2 were absurd and stupid and the games since then have been absurd and stupid i i i don't know i'm i'm worried about it just the first one's just so good it's, it's so amazing. good some might call it one of the top 10 games ever made some might Segway. <laughs> i posted my top 100 games of all time and i uh, feel good about it a herculean effort it's it it is a completely arbitrary subjective thing. There is no proof points for anything. It is one hundred percent opinions. And I also haven't played every game ever made, which theoretically invalidates the list as being definitive. Whatever. But I just did it for fun. It was something I've always wanted to do. Really sit down and go through everything. And it's really like I try to take the approach of making it a combination of it being totally just like subjective what are my most fun games ever not thinking of actual quality of the game but just like what are the games i love regardless of the quality and also trying to sprinkle in games that have had a really big impact that i think matter that deserve to be in that category of best games ever made so i kind of tried to smash those two things together which is more difficult to do than you might anticipate and also just comparing games like this this many games to one another is very I mean, it's it's very weird. It's one thing on like game of the year to compare a game like Inside to Uncharted Four. You know, yeah. like they're just so weird and so different. But to look at such a huge list makes it that much more absurd. But it's fun. I had a good time with it, and it's on SheHatesEverything.com, so everybody should go read it. Yeah, you had a lot of Mario and Zelda games on there, and. I just, I don't know. I mean, I know it's your list, but none of those would have been on mine. Really? Interesting. Wind Waker may have been, Wind Waker and Super Mario, the first Super Mario Galaxy. Those are probably like one of each that would be on a top 100 games of all time list for me. So here's the thing. And I think there's a good potential that you have played more more video games than I have, just because you've been in PC for so long and playing lots of different kinds of games. But I will say, there are fewer games that felt justified to be on a top 100 list than you might expect, at least in my experience. There were a lot of games, a ton of games that I look at as being very good, 
that I'm like, but that's not a top 100 game. Like a game like the 2013 Tomb Raider or I don't fucking know. That's I guess that was the first one that came to mind because I played it very recently. Like that's a very good video game, but it isn't a top 100 video game. Like the Assassin's Creed games or uh, Mirror's Edge. Like, yeah, these like, are all very good games, but, like, I don't know. To, to compare that, like, you know, Mirror's Edge compared to Super Mario Brothers 2. Like, Super Mario Brothers 2 is a better game. I don't know. That's just the way that I looked at it. I guess. I just, like, if... All right, well, because you were also trying to, like, put in, like you said, put in games that you felt, like, were worthy of the top 100. And- but not, I don't, but not at the, but not a game that I don't like. Like, I'm not going to put a game on there that was really impactful that I didn't enjoy because I didn't like it. I'm not going to put it on the list, but like a game like, um, symphony of the night. Like that is a classic game that had a huge impact on the gaming industry and that kind of genre of game that is, it's an, it's an awesome game. I don't love the Castlevania series, but that game in particular deserves to be on that list. And I do like that game. But I'm not going to put a random... I'm not going to put fucking Pitfall on there. Because I don't give a shit about Pitfall. Yeah. But what were you going to say? Um, I don't know. I guess, like, I would rather play any Assassin's Creed game than a Mario game. Any Mario game. I, I don't want to hmm. play Mario or Zelda. I, I don't know. I just I don't want to play those games. Yeah, and I guess that I mean that just brings it back to the personal tastes right. thing. Because right. again, like I didn't I didn't put a bunch of Mario games and a bunch of Zelda games on there because I felt like they had to be. I put them on there. I, the ones I put on there, I put on there because I love them. Like, um, shit. What's the what's not Skyward Sword? The Zelda game before that, Twilight, Twilight Princess. Princess. A lot of people think Twilight Princess is one of the greatest games ever made. That that game isn't on my list because I that I think that game is bad. So I'm not yeah. going to put Twilight Princess on there just because everyone thinks it should be on there. But again, you know, Ocarina of Time is on there. Wind Waker is on there. A Link to the Past is on there. Breath of the Wild is on there, but it is very low on the list. <laughs> that that's a be. game. That's a game that will end up coming off as the years go by for sure. Yeah. Probably. Unless I go back and play more and fall in love with it, I don't know. But I knew cuz Resident Evil 4 is your favorite game of all time. It's number 50 on my list, which sounds like it's low. That's a high number. Or I should say, yes. It sounds like it isn't high enough in the list. I don't know how to phrase that. Golf but rules, I don't know, man. it isn't low enough. Right, exactly. Resident Evil 4 is a very good game. I just can't get down with the tank controls. I just feel like that, that me- the, mechanically, those are objectively bad. That's just how I feel about it. Not objectively, because it's a, it's an opinion. But I just don't think that mechanic is good, period. I don't think there is a way to make it good. That game does the best job of trying to make it good. And there are a lot of good things about Resident Evil 4. But the tank controls are just... I just hate them. I know. I know. I know. You, that's, that's not how you... But that's, that's part of the fun. What what game what games in my top ten? Well, I guess I, we mentioned uh, Super Mario Galaxies in my top ten, and you, it doesn't sound like you'd put it right. there. Did you? Where was Melee? 
Uh, it's like top. It's top thirty. I know we talked about this last episode that yeah. you hate that game. So yep. yeah. Yeah. Let me look at your top ten again. Mass Effect Two. That would be high on my list, but maybe not that high. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us would absolutely be on there. Yeah. Galaxy wouldn't. It would be much lower. Final Fantasy X, yes. Super Mario World, no. Minecraft, right. probably. Kingdom Hearts, yep. Pokemon, the originals, yep. Skyrim would be a little lower. Oblivion would probably take that slot instead. Yeah, okay. Um, Oblivion is on my list, but not that Yeah, high. it is. It's a little, yeah. I, I would probably have those flip-flopped. And then the first that Bioshock would probably be on For my you, top ten as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It was a fun thing to put together. Yeah. Check it out. Shayitseverything.com. Uh, I, I I have gotten in a couple of discussions with people. No one's been like, you're a fucking moron. Because I very, like, obviously set it up in the intro that this is just an opinion. I'm not right. saying this is a definite. Like, I'm not. This isn't a committee where there were thousands of votes and we have all decided these are the top games. This is the opinions of one person. And therefore, like it can't, it's it can't be wrong. That's the crazy thing is when people are like, "No, you're wrong," like that. No, I'm not. It is a one like there is no objectivity to this whatsoever. It is completely subjective, and therefore cannot be wrong. There's no fact in any of this. People just get so sensitive about their opinions and protective, and it's sad. But yeah. nobody's been like that with me thus far. So hopefully that continues. I'm just saying Super Smash Bros. Melee is in your top 20, and I think that's I think that's wrong, Shay. I think, that's, <laughs> for, for, I think it's wrong for you. I don't think you're being true to yourself when you put Melee <laughs> right, in your yeah. top 20. Yeah, I'm just lying to myself. Yes. <laughs> well, but speaking of video games, do you want to talk about some video games? Yeah, we can do that. I feel like yeah, we should. I we should. Makes sense. Uh, not to bury the lead here, because the biggest release, we've both been playing quite a bit of God of War. Yeah. Where are you in God of War? Without, like, spoiling stuff, how far in are you? Um, I completed, to the best of my abilities, the first large area, and I just entered the second large area. I don't which know what is, that means. Uh, I... I am in another type of place. <laughs> so that, <laughs> we, it's, like, it's, I don't want to use it's, certain it's, key words. It's possible to talk about this more than just that. Like, have you gotten to the Lake of Nine yet? Yes. Okay. That is that, the area like that, that I have mostly completed. I have proceeded onto the area following the Lake of Nine. Got it. So you are much farther than I am then. I okay. just got to the Lake of Nine and did the first thing there. Okay. But not the first story thing. Like, I I guess, like, you I unlocked. Off. I unlocked the Lake of the Nine. Because okay. you get there, and then a thing happens where it opens up. Yeah. That is what I have done. Oh, okay. So anybody who has also playing the game understands. But hopefully, if you aren't playing... Because I feel like the Lake of Nine, whenever I read reviews or hear people talking about it, that's kind of, like, a thing that everyone mentions... Because that's where the game really opens up. Up until that point, yeah. it's fairly linear, and there are like the occasional offshoot for a treasure chest, whatever. But that's where the game kind of like gives you options of things to do. Where there's the main quest, but there are also little side things that you can do, side puzzles and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. So how how are you feeling so far? Obviously, I guess we should say like this game has gotten near unanimous ten out of tens. It has like a ninety five Metacritic rating, if not higher. Like this game seems like it's uh, pretty pretty decent in the yeah. eyes of critics. So what do you think? Um. So the 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 first air the first area you go through. Like, which is, like you said, a lot more linear and mm-hmm. more focused with the occasional offshoot. That, to me, felt like God of War. Like right. it, it's, a, it's very linear, but there are secrets to find, and yeah. like so you can maximize the ability to upgrade your stuff. I was really enjoying it at that point. And then it opened up, and I thought it was cool at first, but then it just became like there's... <sighs> I don't know. Like I, I didn't, I didn't want that out of this game, and I wasn't really ready for that. And I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't like that it opened up. I wish it was more structured, because I think we have so enough what, open world games. And like this isn't really open world, but right. it's a huge area with a lot of crap to do. And right. it, it's like it's like the lack of structure. I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. And um, it is, it's very. I, gated I just it leaves like, me wishing that. I was playing older God of War. Okay. And I ha- I haven't played the original games in quite a while, so I don't know how they've aged. To me, it is it's set up in a very Metroid kind of way where like things are gated. Some of the stuff's gated by your level cuz I I know when I got to that big area, I went to one spot and went up and hit a thing and an enemy popped out that was level 6. And I'm level two, and he killed me in one hit, and I laughed and yeah. didn't go back there. So some of the stuff is gated by your level, but a lot of it seems also gated by uh, skills. Or like, I know in in the level up tree, you can level up Atreus, the sun, and he has a whole magic skill tree, which is all question marks for me right now. So I'm assuming there's like magic that you can use to unlock, because I've seen like glowing lanterns that look like they should be interactable. There's one area where you go in a cave, and um, which is actually like a really beautiful, really cool area, where there's like this like bloody meat mound thing that's gating off like a little side area. Yeah. And it looks very, uh, actually looks very Death Stranding, the thing does. And I couldn't, like I tried to throw my axe at it, and I couldn't do anything. So I'm assuming at some point I can open that. So there's a lot of stuff that seems locked off that you'll be able to return to, which creates yeah. a lot of, like, backtracking. And that's just not something I, I like. I just I yes, hate that. I agree. I just don't like things that require so much backtracking. I can't speak to it in this game if it's handled well with like fast travel or how easy it is to get around. I have read and heard that the map isn't great in this game. I haven't really needed to use it that much yet, but I don't know. That's something that not that I, I, I'm not looking for this to be a completely linear experience and I haven't really explored the open area yet. I don't know if it's going to be super effective or if it's, if it's more like in uncharted four where it's, this open space, but then you move on to a more linear thing, or if there's if it is just huge, I don't know what it's going to be like yet. So I don't, I can't like say if it's positive or negative for me. But the anticipation of needing to backtrack a lot isn't something I'm looking forward to at this point. 
Right, like I'm passing a lot of areas where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna need to go back there yeah. when I get a certain ability. Yeah, and like that's that sucks. Yeah, I just don't because really like, I don't want to have like I don't want to fucking have to keep track of that shit like where right. it is and stuff. That sucks. Right. Um, I don't I don't like that. And so another another thing that really bothers me is that the story has gone like off the rails in like a weird mystical kind of way, whereas like the original God of War is like the where the franchise kind of had its roots uh from it was like the story was like balls of the wall crazy but in mm-hmm. like a blockbuster action movie kind of fun way and like right. really like just badass stuff happening like it was all the crazy stuff that happened was an excuse for something badass to also happen and this it's like it's just kind of i don't know like the tone is completely different which yes. is it's fresh but then it's it's also like it's not getting my blood pumping, you know. Yeah, but it's I think, very subdued. Uh, but I think I mean that's obviously intentional, and, and I, so, I don't like it. And I don't like right. It. That's fair. And I mean, and you can not enjoy it, but I I don't think it's fair to just look at it and want it to be the same as the old game because that's not what it's going for. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't hold those two things up together because they're not the same anymore. Yeah, but like I I mean I wouldn't be doing that if I liked it. The problem is I don't like it, so I'm like, well, the a thing that could help me like it more was if it was like the old games. Yeah, I mean, my only thing with that because it the the more serious tone and the less kind of like bombastic nature doesn't bother me at all. I'm quite enjoying the ride, but it can feel a bit melodramatic at times, especially yeah. like in the early hours. I don't know. Part of it was like the underscoring music was a little corny to me. And the larger thing is just like the, the, the history of Kratos. It's hard to forget that. And so it, it was initially hard to buy into like the depressed dad Kratos. Cause that's just not a character I know. And so it was a little hard to get into that. I'm, I'm enjoying that more now. My larger thing is just like, it's hard for me to buy that he is a dad because, yeah. and I think it's, it's mostly like the voice actor and just him as a character, like the way he looks and carries himself. His voice is so like he, he isn't a real person. That's what it is. He doesn't come across like a real person. He comes across like a comic book character. He's so over the top in his voice and what he does. It's harder for me to buy into the more, real relationship that they're going for. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say I'm not saying it's like it's not terrible. It's I'm not like hung up on it, but it is something that I'm not I'm not as into yet as because that's one of the things that has been lauded about this game is what a great thing it does with the story and the relationship with Kratos and Atreus. And that isn't what is awesome to me yet. What is awesome to me are two things. First, the game looks unbelievable. Yeah, like, it looks good. I, you know, you compare it to a game like Horizon, which was the other big PlayStation showpiece, and I feel like this, it's not even close. Granted, Horizon which was a much bigger game, like you could go to a lot more of the world, and so it was a lot more to make, versus this, there are, you know, there are a lot of paths that on either side have fences or giant rocks where you right. can't go anywhere except forward. So it's not as hard to make that stuff look as good. But 
the characters, like it just, the game looks amazing. The colors, and I really love the mystic vibe visually. It looks really great, especially with the more grounded nature of the game. Like it looks like a more realistic fantasy world, which is cool. The second piece, the game plays great. Like, yeah. And it's kind of, it's pretty tough. I don't know about you, but like I die kind of regularly and I'm playing on normal. Like some of the enemies hit hard and you, you know, there are lots of instances where you're fighting, you know, eight, nine, ten dudes at a time. And because of the camera angle, it's that third person like right over the shoulder. So you can't see dudes behind you. And there's a little indicator that like, you know, it's white when there's a guy there. It's red when they're about to attack. It's purple when they're going to attack you from range, which helps. And you there's like a quick turn, like a 180 turn, much like Resident Evil. But uh, I don't know. The combat's been pretty challenging and um, like satisfying thus far. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's not. So I, I miss the pullback camera because you can see more. Um, and right. like, with, I feel like the whole radial uh, warning system that they came up with, they realized they had to do because they made it, the decision to put the camera closer. And so right. for me, it's just like, hey, just bring the camera back so I can see what I'm doing kind of thing. Okay. Um, because like those, I mean, those early God of War games, they feel so good. And they're they're fast and they're snappy. And this one, it feels like it's sluggish and slow, and you have to commit to all of your swings in a way that you didn't have to use to. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that like the evade necessarily feels as good as it used to. Ooh, um, I disagree on that. I love like the double the double tap X to dodge roll. That's like my I don't I rarely block. That's what I do, and it makes me feel like I'm playing Dark Souls. Like I feel like a badass dodge rolling right at the last instant so the dude swoops past me and then i can hit him from behind that to me has been very satisfying yeah i guess it's just like kratos he kratos he doesn't move like he used to like he used to be really really quick and you could cover a lot of ground and there's a lot of weight right now yeah and it's more methodical yeah i don't i mean like it's it feels good but i still feel like i prefer how it used to feel um, yeah, and again, and like, they, they have elements of that. Like you can still mm-hmm. juggle enemies in the air and stuff, and and mm-hmm. get combos going and certain like button combinations and stuff. But it just it doesn't. I don't know. It it doesn't feel as good. It doesn't feel as good to me. Yeah, right. And and that that's totally fair. But again, it's like like if this wasn't God of War, if it was called something else you wouldn't be comparing it to the original God of Wars saying, oh, I wish they would have kept X or I wish they wouldn't have changed Y. It would be a new thing, and so you wouldn't be comparing those two things. Right, and but, I, know I, but is, I would then be saying the combat is too slow and I feel like I wish I could move faster and the camera's too tight. I would be saying those things. The camera, sure, but it sounds like you do like the combat. You just prefer the faster combat of the originals, right? I don't know that I like I like I I have those are my issues with it. Those are my issues okay. with it. And they All weren't right. issues that the originals had, which is why I'm saying that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Obviously it is fair. You can think whatever you want to think. I just I don't know. I'm just like I'm not comparing this at all to the old games. Well, at least I'm trying not to from a what they're going for because like this this might as well be a new game. They just took the same character. That's really all it is. It's like Kratos 
is the only returning thing about this game. It's in a completely new type of universe. The game, it's not uh, over the top aesthetically anymore. It's much more grounded. It's a completely different kind of narrative. There's an actual character here. The combat is very different. Like, I don't know. It just, in, in the vast majority of ways, this doesn't look or feel like a God of War game. And so I just don't, in my mind, like I don't, I just don't naturally compare the two of those. But mm. obviously, I get why you would because it is still literally a God of War game, right? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm just really enjoying it so far. Uh, like I'm gonna play some more today, and I'm really pumped about it. I, I really like the way the combat feels, the more methodical nature of it, like that everything has a lot of weight and follow through. I think that feels good. The axe to me feels awesome to use and to throw and like the recall animation and the feel and the sound like it's just very satisfying to chuck your axe you suck it back and it does that like shunk like like that heavy hit back into his hand it just feels good like i feel like i'm a badass that is doing damage yeah all of the axe throwing stuff feels good that's all handled well i just i wish it did a little more damage you know right it does not do very much damage there yeah. was one moment where I was I went down a little side corridor to get a treasure chest, and it was guarded by an enemy. I think I was still level one at this point, and the enemy was level three, so he had a purple health bar, and he could kill me in two hits. One hit if it was a charged up thing, but I was like, no, fuck you, I want this treasure chest. And so he killed me probably like seven or eight times, but I eventually killed him by just running away and just chucking my axe at him over and over and having yeah. Atreus shoot him with arrows as much as possible and just the tiny little ticks on his health bar getting him down. But I did it eventually, and it was worth it because I got that whatever, like, 350 of that crafting currency. Hack silver. Yeah, which I guess is another criticism I have to bring up. That seems very overwhelming, and I'm still pretty early on in it in like the crafting yeah. and the leveling up and whatever there just seems to be a lot that they hit you with at once and some of it seems a little unnecessary like the loot stuff i'm not in yeah. love with yet but the, the, I haven't men, done the menus much. aren't great the, the menus aren't great yeah. and like it, it's kind of unclear as to like what's really going to be useful for right. what thing because like right. there are specific loot things that you need for specific types of armor and weapons and right. all that kind of parts of your weapons and all that. And there's like, there's a lot going on there. And I think in kind of a negative way, like it's too mm -hmm. complex. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's another issue that I have with it. Uh, just the progression in general, I think is it's overly complicated. The menus are bad. And um, the idea that a random enemy that pops out of a portal can one-shot Kratos, who is a god, that doesn't fucking make any sense. Eh, it's a video like, game, though. Yeah, but, like, that's such a, that's such a lazy, like, oh, it's a video game, whatever. It's a really, that, that really fucking bothered me. The first time I encountered that enemy and he one-shot me, I was like, oh, that's what this game is. It's an open-world crafting rpg kind of thing and like that's so again i'm comparing it with the originals but it's so at odds with what the series is but also just like in terms of canonically how does that make any sense and i think the answer is it doesn't make any sense or they right. don't or they don't tell you how it makes sense and and 
and yeah, maybe there could be some sort of explanation. You're right. Uh, it's tough because like, I don't think that the fact that Kratos is a god should limit what they can do mechanically in the game. Because really the only way around this, if they're not going to make an excuse for why he can get killed like that, if they're if they're not going to go around it, the only thing they can do is not have there be progression in the game and have it just be a straightforward action game like the originals were. And they clearly were not setting out to do that. Well, so I don't know. I would much rather have this style of game that is modern, that has progression mechanics and granted i don't think they're implemented all that well but the fact that they are there i think is good i'm i don't want a straightforward action game anymore that's such a 90s early 2000s video game thing that i just don't think works anymore like if you're not leveling up you're not getting new skills i don't know that just isn't a satisfying video game experience to me anymore but okay, so like with the originals, I thought they did it. I thought they did it really well because you essentially got souls from killing enemies and from like chests and stuff, and you would just pump those into your weapons to make the weapons more powerful. The enemies right. didn't get more powerful. Your weapons were getting more powerful, and so right. like, but then you would like encounter different variations on, um, or like brand new types of enemies that like force you to fight in different ways but they all weren't necessarily like there wasn't like a base soldier dude and then like an ultra hard version of that base soldier dude that you had to kill there were just like more types of different kinds of enemies and this was like oh it's just a purple version of this guy so he's hard and again it's because of the way that the game is structured because in the original games you were never returning to an area to unlock a new thing. That's how they gate stuff off. Just like any open world game that gates things off based on like a level progression system, there's something there that you can't beat or can't do yet that you have to come back to once you are more powerful or have a new skill or whatever else. And I, I, if, you, if you're just saying like, I don't like that mechanically – that's fine, but you can't have it both ways where Kratos can go toe-to-toe with any enemy in the game at any time and have the open world feel. Because other like this this area that I went in the Lake of the Nine where there was a level six enemy that one-shotted me, I'm sure if I beat that dude and go into that area, there's a very powerful, rare piece of gear or something that I can get that... I can't get right now because it would make me too overpowered for the rest of the game. And that's just like that. That's been in video games for decades at this point, like that kind of mechanic. So it just seems weird to complain about it in God of War. Yeah, but it's it's at odds with canonically what Kratos is capable of. And so, like, it's it, it, it feel, to me, the game feels like they had all these ideas to shake up the formula, but mm-hmm. they didn't stop to consider or fully comprehend all of the repercussions on the canon and the story and, uh, like, a host of other factors. It seemed like they had a few key things they wanted to do. Like, we want to do a game that's, like, semi-open world. We want to tell a story about a father and a son. Like, we want it to be more gritty and more real. But then they, mm-hmm. they didn't... They tried to adapt the existing model to fit instead of just completely generating a new... I don't know. I don't know. It's I just I have a lot, a lot, a lot of issues with it. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying parts of it. Sure, but I definitely don't think it deserves all of the like ninety fives and hundreds and stuff because of the issues I have with it. Yeah, I wouldn't put it in that range yet, but I'm I'm maybe four hours in, and I've heard the game is like thirty hours long potentially, so I still have a lot left to play. Um, in from a macro level, I can agree with what you're saying about them having a lot of ideas and a lot of new things they wanted to put into this game and didn't necessarily maybe think about how they would all impact each other and maybe. There are too many things in the game, like too many systems. That I can definitely get behind because I'm feeling that same way. But to me, the positives are far outweighing the negatives at this point. And a lot of the little intricacies that you're talking about of like relating it to the older games and the canon and the character of Kratos, none of that bothers me because none of that to me is like untouchable. Like the story of the original trilogy in the narrative, like, it was pretty dumb in a good way, but it was right. never, like, to be taken seriously. And so I feel no protection over that. So, like, if they're going to undo stuff and change things and, like, none of that bothers me whatsoever. Like, going in a new direction I think is good. So that's, I don't know, that's my personal view on it and probably why a lot of them – not smaller, but a lot of like more detailed story problems that you have aren't problems for me. Does yeah, that, make that makes sense? sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm 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 interested by the fact that you're not super into it, just because everybody is so like over the moon about this game. And I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm over the moon yet. I think it's very good, but uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me to hear you having more problems with it than I've heard anyone else have. <laughs> well, I think people are in a honeymoon period over it. I think the, a lot of these things are going to come to light in the next few weeks. Like, people are going to stop and think about it harder and go, yeah, you know, that doesn't really make sense. I do kind of have a problem with that, and I kind of wish this was that way, and yada, yada. And I think that's... Maybe. Because that's happened before to other games. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just, I think... I think the scores are a bit high for the moment. Yeah, that's fair. Well, have you been playing anything else that you were maybe more into? <laughs> um, no, but um, I did play some Synthetic, uh, which is on Steam. Okay. It's like a top-down isometric shooter. It has a cool... like I like Active Reload ever since uh, Gears of War did it. Right. Um. And this actually has like a two-step active reload. Um, that's kind of neat. Uh, like so, basically, you eject your magazine with E, and then you reload with R, and that has mm-hmm. the active reload wheel. Where if you get it on a certain spot, you have like increased damage, and then you finish the reload a little bit faster. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a, a like a, a two-step process, um, which is which is interesting. But because of my mouse and keyboard bindings. Since I have to hit E and then R with my pointer finger, I can't be moving to the right and reload right. at the same time. Um, okay. So I need to like figure out maybe a better key binding for that stuff or put it on my mouse or something. Um, uh, oh, that it, seems really easy to do. Like put it on the side mouse buttons, yeah. like eject and reload. Yeah, so like, yeah, because I have two seems buttons natural. on the side. Yeah, I might do that. Um, it's a roguelite. 
uh, so you have you do runs and then you come away with a bunch of different kinds of currency and stuff and, and like you're leveling up a class that you play as um, and, and buying upgrades and they have this whole like kind of like challenge perk sy- system where you you increase the difficulty of your increasing the difficulty of your run through these very specific things uh, choices gives you more loot at the end of the run. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the harder you make the run for yourself, the more percentage of stuff you're going to get sure. from it. Um, so that's cool. I've not managed to beat the first boss yet. So every few levels there's a boss, and I've almost beat it twice, and it killed me. Um, there are, like, daily bonuses and stuff for logging in. Um, and there's online multiplayer, which I hear is a fun way Ooh. to play cooperatively. So, I don't know. It's a neat one of those things. Kind of like a twin stick shooter type thing top down isometric with this cool little reload and it's it's very it's sci-fi it's very okay i was gonna ask what the aesthetic was i assumed with it being called synthetic that it was like a sci-fi thing okay yeah Yeah. and it it has it like it looks really nice too so what uh what like what visually does it look like um like is it super stylized or is it like a transistor kind of sci-fi look it's kind of like industrial sci-fi. It's a lot of robots and okay. like the colors are almost pastel a little bit, huh. but like it's kind of like pastel colors but it has like really sharp sharply defined visuals. I don't know, it, it looks good. It looks really good. Yeah. And it's only on PC? I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know for a fact, but I'm playing it on Steam. Okay. Um and then it sounds like I'm not a huge roguelike roguelite person. But I don't know. It sounds cool. Yeah, I just and can't play PC it's, games. <laughs> it's fun, and like every once in a while in a run, like you'll come across a shop where because you have credits that are only for the run that you okay. spend on upgrades and stuff for that run. Right. Um, and there are like shops you can find shop terminals, and then there's also these things that'll give you like little side quests, like hey, turn all of these valves on, or or blow up these servers and stuff like in that area. Um, and that gives you extra bonuses for when you complete the run. Yeah. Um, I also bought Skyrim VR and Ooh. played it for about an hour mm-hmm. and got really sick. Oh, no. And had to return it because I even took Dramamine and I was still sick as a dog. I tried a bunch of different movement options. Ooh. I tried and like the teleporting just wasn't satisfying. Right. It, it's right. like, you know, it... If you try to adapt an existing game for VR, it's just not going to work. Yeah, it you takes away a lot of that, up. like, the exploration of the game, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask something about it. Oh, do you think maybe it's because you played for such a long period of time that the it hit you with nausea? It's or? only for an hour. That's still... I feel like that's a long time to be playing in VR, though. Uh, I well, like for a game like Skyrim, like what can you accomplish in an hour? Not a whole I agree. lot. <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that. But I so, feel like they say to only play a VR game for like twenty minutes at a time because of how it affects you. I mean, if that's the case, I don't even know why you even bother making this kind of a game. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so, what about you? Yeah, so still playing the Zodiac Age, Final Fantasy Twelve. Uh, I've slowed a bit on it because I'm like at that final push right towards the end of the game. So I'm doing some of the side stuff here and there. Like I've fought a couple more of the espers and uh, exploring some areas that I haven't explored yet. Um, 
I don't know. It, it's a, it's fun. It's like whenever I want to kill an hour, that's like what I'll load up. But uh, I also, for my birthday, on my birthday, I should say, loaded up Bioshock because I got the Bioshock collection nice. on PS4. So I've been playing that pretty regularly, actually. And uh, it's a good video game. The best video game ever made, I would say. It's uh, really good. And like it looks it looks good on PS4. You can obviously still tell that it's an up-res PS3 game. Some of the textures aren't great, especially like when you first load into an area. There's a lot of like texture popping and muddy stuff that kind of has to load. Um, but I don't know. It just feels so good to go back to. And it just makes me always remember that first Big Daddy fight as being like one of the most intense, overwhelming video game experiences I've ever had. Because like at that point, you only really have like one plasmid and like you're using a regular shotgun and a pistol and a machine gun that haven't been upgraded. You don't have special ammo. And it's just like I, I died like and I'm playing on hard as well. And so I died, I think, like three times fighting that fucking guy because he can <laughs> like the big daddy. He can kill you in one hit effectively. Like if he if he hits you with that full on charge move at full health, he kills you in one hit. And so Jeez. it's kind of hard to to not die occasionally. But um, I did this. I was such a fucking idiot. So I died a couple times and then I ran back to him and I didn't realize that he had put the little sister away. And so he's just by himself still. And there was Ugh. a nitro splicer, the dudes that throw the grenades at you. Yeah. And I saw him and I was like, Ooh, I can use his grenades and chuck him at the big daddy. And so I, and I, cause I had the telekinesis. And so I kind of rushed into it. And so I grabbed one, chucked it at him, then realized too late that there was no little sister. And so I killed the big daddy and got nothing for it and had oh. to go fight another one. So that was frustrating. I had to do it all over again, but it was very intimidating. But fun. Um, and so now I'm up to Fort Frolic where they introduced Sander Cohen. And that area is definitely like the most terrifying area of the game. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to playing through that. So um, All of the like plaster bodies and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And he's just like a creepy fucking dude. Like his voiceover stuff. and Yeah. yeah. That's a scary. It's a scary game. And that's it the is. scariest area of the scary game. But honestly like... Obviously, I'm really loving playing through Bioshock, but I'm almost even more excited to go back and replay Bioshock 2, which I think I've only played once, maybe twice, because I was very underwhelmed with it at the time. And I want to play through Bioshock Infinite, which I've played through twice, but it's been since, you know, 2013 or whenever it came out. So I'm really looking forward to going back to those two games, because when I was putting together my top 100, Bioshock 2 didn't make it, but Bioshock Infinite... I had much higher on the list than where it ended because, like, I kept looking at it and, like, ah, no, I feel like this game should go above it. And, honestly, this game and this game and this game. And so I kind of have cooled on Infinite over time. Uh, So I want to go back and see how I feel about it um, after, like, a couple of years of separation. So, yeah. yeah. So what uh, have you been watching anything interesting? Um, A bit. I watched a couple movies. Because um, Giant Bomb is doing their Nicolas Cage retrospective for Film and Forties, um, so <laughs> right. I watched Con Air, and that movie is fucking crazy. Had you never seen it? I, I feel like I've seen scenes from it, but I don't think I've ever seen the whole movie. Hmm. Um, uh, Nicolas Cage's accent. Oh is boy, so it's, bad. It's amazing. It's so the best bad. part of that movie. <laughs> um, that's a fact. 
because yeah. everyone else, including John Malkovich, is terrible yes. in that movie. Yes. Um, that's that's bad movie. It's almost too bad to be enjoyable. It is. It is very. I think it is pretty fun. But yes, it is not a good movie for right. sure. But then I watched The Rock uh-huh. with um, Nick Cage, Ed Harris, and um, oh shoot, uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that movie actually holds up really well, and has like. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen it, but I remember liking it. It has like kind of a crazy main and supporting cast. Like, there's a lot of people in that movie. Um, the soundtrack is like so over the top. Um, mm. It's like that's like one of the. It's like the second or third Michael Bay movie, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it is Michael Bay. I think it's one of his I don't know where movies. it was in his in his career. Um, it has like all these really dramatic camera shots. Yeah. Like the like yeah. the low shots looking up. Um, has really bad, really, really bad humor. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Nicolas Cage's character, he's like, he's this total nerd who's like doing cool guy stuff. And so, like, right. he's trying to be cool and, like, he's just not pulling it off. And Nick Cage actually kind of does that okay. He actually kind of yeah. pulls that off pretty well. Um, Sean Connery just does what Sean Connery does. And then Ed Harris gives people the crazy eyes all the time mm-hmm. um yeah that's a fun movie that's a fun movie um in television i watch i started i think i've seen the first two episodes of troy the netflix or i think it's a netflix show um i've it, never heard of this it okay there are parts of it that are good the main guy who plays alexander of troy he's okay. fucking I don't know if it's him or the director or the way they wrote him or cast him or what, but he's just a whiny bitch because <laughs> he's like, oh, he's a farmer, and then it turns out he was, like, taken by wolves, and he's actually Prince Alexander, and so he's, like, got that angsty, like, I kind of hate the aristocracy thing going right. on, but then he just makes all these stupid, shitty, idiot decisions and, like, mm. completely disregards like any sort of decorum which yeah he grew up on a farm whatever but like yeah. he, he's willfully ignoring all that and being an idiot it's kind of hard to root for a character like that exactly that's the kind of the problem i'm having um but everyone else kind of does a decent job kind of around him um and it's shot pretty well some of the music didn't feel quite right um but uh yeah, it's just the main guy. He's he's my one issue. But there's like another story arc going on at the same time, and mm-hmm. I like everyone who's involved with that. So if my issue is like this one dude, maybe he'll get better. I'm holding in. I'm on, I'm only two episodes in, so we'll see. Um, and then I started season two of Into the Badlands, which I mean that right. It's not a good show. <laughs> like oh, I thought under- you liked no- the first season. I I liked it, but it's a bad show. Um, okay, it's just ha- it has a lot of really good action, and this yeah has that in spades. But then like also, okay. it just feels like it, it's too chaotic. There are like six different story threads going on, and like they try right. to cover all of them in every episode, and like it's just it's all over the place. You don't get enough of anything, and there are there's only really one arc that I really care about. Um, but there, there's a lot of like really good action, and the who's the, the fat guy from all the British movies with Simon Pegg, um, Nick Frost. 
like the sidekick? Yes, Nick Frost. He's okay. like one of the main characters of season two of Weird. Into the Badlands. Yeah, really a pleasant surprise though, because I like him. He's, and it's he's a, it's like a it's a serious show, right? Yeah, but he's not. Oh, okay. he's like the comic relief. Like, okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, it. I don't know, really weird. Odd show, odd show. <laughs> um, very strange. So, uh, what about you? What, what have you been watching? Well, for my birthday, I marathoned the Lord of the Rings movies over uh, the weekend. Nice. Extended good. editions. No, just the regulars. Okay. So I have I have the extended editions on DVD and the theatrical on Blu-ray. And ah. I was like, you know what? Just got a new TV. Let me watch the Blu-ray versions and save myself two hours <laughs> between the three. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I was. It's been a minute since I've seen them. Like probably over a year since I've seen all of them. Um, and it was just really good. Like it felt like returning to an old friend. You know. Um, it, it made it very clear to me that the first one is definitely the worst of the three, which isn't, I'm not saying it's bad, obviously, but it's just, it can be pretty slow in the beginning. Like it takes a long time. Like you're like more than halfway through the movie before they leave Rivendell. And it's just right. like a little bit too long of a setup. Um, this, it, and I would like went down a rabbit hole looking at all the Academy Awards and stuff. And I didn't realize the first movie was nominated for, like, 14 and won, like, two or three. Or maybe, like, four or five. The second one was was only nominated for, like, eight and won two. And then the third one, obviously, was nominated for, like, 11 and won all of them. And it was just crazy to me. Like, the, the second movie was nominated for such so many less awards. Because the second one, I might like the most. I, I think that's my favorite of the three. And it's just because, like, Rohan is awesome, and the Helm's Deep battle, I think, is so much better than the Minas Tirith battle. Obviously, Minas Tirith, there's a lot more scale. It's a lot more epic. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just – there's something about the second one. It's that dark middle chapter vibe that I really like. Um, and obviously, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars movie, so it makes sense that way, too. But, like, you know, Return of the King, like, it, the movie ends, like, 30 times. Yeah. There's so many fade to black, fade to going. whites that, like, it's like, all right, I get it, Peter. Like, you need to let this go at some point. Um, but it's still, watching that third movie, it's hard to argue against it as best picture. I mean, that movie is absolutely phenomenal as well. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That It was just fun to go back and watch those and... Um, I do have all three Hobbit movies, which I enjoyed way less, but I've only seen the Hobbit films once, so I want to watch through those as well, give them another shot, and maybe I'll like them more on second viewing. Yeah, probably um, not. Yeah, probably not, but maybe. Trying to have an open mind. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Been watching a lot of Parks and Rec still. We're on, like, season season six. That's just kind of our, like, we don't have anything else to do. Let's watch it. Um, I picked Lost back up after taking a bit of a break. So I'm a couple episodes into season five. The one storyline, they're still trying to get back to the island, which, like, it's taking too, way too fucking long. It's so weird seeing these characters in the real world after them being on the island for so long. It just feels yeah. dissonant. Like, I'm just, I just don't care. Like, I want them to be back on the island because that's the story. And then the other characters that got left behind, you know, Sawyer and Juliet and all the new characters, the physicist dude, they're going through, like, the time jump, the random, like, whatever, 
time travel shit, which is just so fucking dumb. <laughs> and it's such a lame storytelling device where it always happens at the time where it's either most convenient or least convenient. And it's just like, it's just stupid. I just hate that. I hate that kind of television storytelling device that's just like out of convenience. It's like randomization out of convenience. It's that deus ex machina kind of thing where the characters don't do anything. It's this outside force that just changes the status quo randomly whenever it's quote unquote most interesting. And I find that to not be interesting. So Lost, it, I mean, it has long since jumped the shark and now I'm like in, I'm in the shit now. I'm in the, like, dark, dark shit of Lost, but I will come out the other side (laughs) at some (laughs) point uh, whenever I work up the courage to keep watching. Um, Since I've been sick for so long, my favorite thing to watch when I was sick, I started watching Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, the little Jerry Seinfeld mock talk show where he just... He meets up with a comedian friend of his. They drive around and talk, and they go get coffee and talk, and then they drive around some more and talk. Uh, episodes are only like 12 to 15 minutes long, so it's a really easy watch. And it's just a, it's just a fun show. It's, it's a feel-good kind of show. Um, it's not like side-splittingly hilarious. There are a lot of very – like he has Will Ferrell on an episode, Michael Richards – there are a lot of very funny people on the show, but I'm not like laughing hysterically the way I would if it were a sitcom. It's more just an interesting thing because it's these people as human beings. Like they're right. just talking about comedy and about their lives and their marriage and kids and whatever else. I don't know. It's just a fun show. And as a car person, it's also fun because he, he, he picks like a classic sports car that represents his guest. And so that's just like a fun way to intro the episode. So – um I don't know. I really highly recommend that if you're just looking to kill a little bit of time. Jerry, he's just like a such a charming, likable person yeah. that like it's so funny to hear people that know him well in life talk about him because like he's an incredibly hard worker, obviously. But I guess he's also like a pretty negative person. Like he can be pretty uh, curmudgeonly, which like you <laughs> wouldn't guess that. And so it's just funny to hear people talk about him in that light. It's very interesting because he complains about so much stuff and like modern culture stuff. And he makes light of a lot of serious issues, which I like, I think is good. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's 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 a different lens to be viewing Jerry Seinfeld through. Right. That's Um, neat. I also started rewatching Seinfeld the other day because (laughs) why the fuck? Why not? (laughs) So Seinfeld, it's a good it's a good show. It's very funny. Um, But Hulu has the episodes out of order, and it pisses me off. Weird. I don't know why. Like, the second, like in season one, the pilot was correct, but then the actual second episode was episode four. And it just, like, one, it feels wrong because I've watched the show so many times I know it. But also, like, ep- the original episode two is when they introduce Elaine. And there's that classic scene with the two of them in the apartment with the, where she's eating the M&M's. They're talking about, like, well, what are we going to go do? Oh, we, you know, we can go. Do you want to go get something to eat? Oh, I'm not really that hungry. Okay, do you, we can go someplace, like a cappuccino place. They'll just let you sit there. Oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to talk? Yeah, we could We could talk. You could, well, I'll go if I don't have to talk. Like, it's such a <laughs> great – it's such a great scene that is so realistic – friendship between a guy and a girl that had never been done before right and that was a real that was the intro of her character and so if you move that episode 
So she's in two other episodes where, like, they're just friends and it's normal and she's a normal whatever. And it, then you go back to this. It just feels fucking wrong and it pissed me off. And now I have to dig out my box set DVDs so I can watch them in the correct order, <laughs> which is tedious. I just want to watch it on streaming. It's so much easier. Yeah. First world problems. I hear you. Uh, we've been watching a lot of stuff. So we also started Easy, which is a Netflix show. It is sort of like, um, what's the word? Like they're vignette episodes. They're very, like each episode focuses on like different characters. And there's some crossover. Like it all takes place in Chicago. It deals with a lot of people that are like actors or comedians or whatever else. And some of the characters come in and out in small ways, like little cameos and stuff. But each episode primarily focuses on different people. And then uh, I think there are two seasons. And so season two brings back some characters like you follow up with them. Um, It's a fascinating show. So the dialogue is very well written and everything is very well acted. There are a lot of really familiar actors like Orlando Bloom is in an episode uh, Dave Franco is in a couple and then a lot of like actors that you wouldn't know the names, but you'd recognize, um, which is cool. But the f- concept of the show is it focuses on like modern relationships, marriage, you know, uh, one night stands, newlyweds, parents, all that kind of stuff. And it holds kind of a mirror. It's very, it's, it's like a black mirror type of thing where it holds up a mirror to modern society Okay. In a kind of exaggerated way. And at first, I really liked that because it was a fascinating thing. And again, like it's very well written. It's very well acted. And so I could kind of dive into those circumstances. But the more I watch, it's starting to rub me the wrong way because the show doesn't have an opinion on anything. It just kind of presents like this is life. Which I think is fine. The show doesn't need to like. There's, so there's an episode where a married couple, they're kind of unfulfilled in their sex life, and so they decide to have an open marriage. And so they talk about how like, oh, I'm gonna go try to fuck this guy tonight that I work with, and they just like talk about it. And then it shows like her going on a date, and there's like, it doesn't go the way she plans, and he's not like super on board with this, but he agreed to it because his wife wanted it, and so he's trying to get into it with this person and can't, and like. The show doesn't ever say, like, this is good or this is bad. It's just kind of like, this is what happens with these people. And I think that's totally okay. My problem is the mirror that it holds up represents so many things that I hate about modern society. Like, this concept of an open marriage and how they justify it. Of, like, oh, we're so in love still. Like, she's my best friend. It's just that our sex life is kind of meh. So, like, why not go have sex with other people? It's not weird. Like, it's fine. We still love each other. We have kids, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be fine. And, like, that's – I just think is wrong. And so that – it isn't the show's fault that it talks about this. It's just hard for me to – I just don't want to watch something like that because I think it's wrong. And maybe that's a, I don't know, maybe that's closed minded of me. I don't know, but it's, there's a lot of that on the show. A lot of, I look at a lot of the people and I'm like, you're a bad person. And therefore I don't really like watching you. And I'm not really finding this that funny because I hate you as a human being. So I don't (laughs) know. That's just me. But 
with a, like a lot of shows that Kelly and I watch, like with Black Mirror, like it's a really good show to start conversations between the two of us about our principles, how we look at love, that kind of thing. It's it's led to a lot of really good discussions, and so the show has a lot of value for that. But it is kind of a hard thing to watch at times. Sure. For us. Okay. Um, and I just fucking hate hipsters. Everybody in the show is a fucking hipster living in Chicago, being all cool. And I hate, I hate, hate, hate so much of these people. <laughs> uh, and in that sense, it's funny. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Still more. So Kelly stopped wanting to watch Jessica Jones. And so I was going to watch it by myself. I watched another episode, which I talked about last episode. And I'm done. I'm done with that show. I'm not watching it again. I know it's ba- like I know it is bad. I know I do not want to watch it, and therefore I am not going to put myself through having to watch it. I know it's a Marvel show. I know there will be some sort of little Easter egg that'll tie into something, but I don't fucking care. If that happens, I'll look it up on the internet. I'm not putting myself through like another seven hours of this absolutely atrocious show. So we needed something new to watch. So we started Altered Carbon which is another Netflix original. It's that like sci-fi, murder mystery, whatever. We only watched the pilot. It sucks ass. Dude, don't say that. It's terrible. It's the a good first show. episode is terrible. The main dude is so bad. He's not interesting. He's trying to do the like strong silent type and it just makes a completely uninteresting character. There's way over inundation with new terms and like meaningless world building that adds no value and just is confusing. I I only figured out what was happening in the last couple minutes of the pilot, like what was happening on the show. And I'm a smart fucking person and I was lost the whole time with like the the fact that he was another person and he was dead and then they brought him back and all this like it's just yeah overly complicated that's pretty simple you got it right there that's like the whole show but that isn't all it is because (laughs) they hit you with all these weird words and it's just that 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 don't add value it's 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 over complication of new shit that doesn't add value that's what the problem is it's over complication for over complication's sake also it's a murder mystery show like, how, how uninteresting a premise could you put into a futuristic sci-fi world where your consciousness never dies and you can go into new bodies and experiment and be alive forever and we're going to solve who killed me? Like, that's just such an uninteresting premise. But that's not really what the show's about. It's about that's way That's what they more. say in the pilot. You it, that's what they watch say. Watch the second episode. I will. I, I, I With shows like this, I will watch three episodes. Okay. So I will watch two more. And we just watched it like a couple days ago when I just haven't gone back to it. But, like, it left a bad taste. And I wanted to love the show because, again, as with most shows that I've disliked recently, I've heard really good things about it and wanted to be into it. And I just super wasn't. Also, aesthetically, it's so derivative. Like, there's nothing other than the, like, the uh, sleeves, like the consciousness transferring between bodies, which is pretty fresh and interesting just the world is so derivative of blade runner it's yeah like like the movie mute that i watched these are identical in like the world that they build and it's just like that grungy neon 
Las Vegas, big buildings, rainy all the time. It's just, that's just not interesting. It's been so overdone. So I don't know. Just nothing about it is hooking me at this point. And Kelly was looking up on IMDb. And the woman who created this wrote Shutter Island, Terminator Genesis, and Alexander, the Colin Farrell, Angelina Jolie, oh my. Alexander the Great movie. So I'm not stunned that I'm finding the writing to be terrible because all three of those movies are absolutely awful movies. I liked parts so, of Shutter Island. Shutter parts Island it. isn't awful. It, it's, it's one of the worst Scorsese movies. I can say that. And it, it doesn't work as a horror film. It isn't as right. bad as Terminator Genesis or Alexander. Those but, are both uh, it's not really a good bad movies. Movie. Yeah. So once I find that out, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense that this why this is bad. So I don't know. I'm just getting frustrated because I keep watching these shows that everyone loves and I think are bad. And I'm like, I don't get I just don't get it. Godless, Jessica Jones. Altered Carbon, Westworld that we tried to watch last year. Like, I just watch all these highly lauded shows, and I'm like, I don't get it. I think these are bad. And it makes me sad. I don't want to not like these. I don't want to be wasting my time. I just feel like people need to have better opinions, clearly. And now you finally like something, God of War, and I don't. And you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So I don't know, man. It's 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 been a weird ride, uh, and then finally, we started watching The Amazing Race, which I had never seen, because we've been watching Top Chef for like a long time. Just we just sees we started from the beginning and just have watched like twelve seasons of it in a row, and we're like, okay, we need a break. Let's watch something else. So we watched the first season of Amazing Race. I did not realize there have been twenty nine seasons of Amazing Race in eighteen years. So that's a lot. That is a ton. So I was very shocked because obviously I knew the general premise was it's like an around the world race. You get to point A to B to C to D, whatever, around the world. But I thought there were going to be like these puzzles and like big challenges, physical and mental challenges that you had to do throughout, like on the different legs and different places that you get. And there are quote unquote puzzles and activities, but none of them are that compelling or challenging frankly like there's one of like oh they get a clue of where they need to go and the clue is find the famous pendulum in france and so like they read it they grab the first passerby and they're like hey where's there a big pendulum and they're like oh it's at this thing and then they take a cab there like that's (laughs) the challenge and i'm like this isn't a challenge like they're not doing it and there are a couple exceptions like there was one where there's like a hidden sword in these ruins and they have to take a torch and like go through these alleyways and find it and that stuff is a little more interesting but most of them like it's basically just you have to go here ask someone how to get there and then you take a cab there the show <laughs> and that's just like not that interesting i don't know it's just weird to me and maybe the the concept expands over the seasons and there's like more stuff they're doing it it, because granted this was season one and it was like in like 1999 right i imagine as gps gets more common this is gonna be (laughs) right yeah exactly exactly i don't know it's just a weird i was very underwhelmed with the concept of the show like it feel like a big missed opportunity but it is fun to see the couple's 
because like you know there's the mom and the daughter there's the newlyweds there's like a couple who has a kid but they're divorced they're trying to rekindle their relationship there's the two girl roommates there's the two frat brothers so it's fun to see the different relationships and how they interact uh and it's very obvious up front which ones are going to make it and which ones aren't. Because, <laughs> like, the ones that, that are... And it's mostly the men and women, like, the married couple or the couple that are dating or whatever else. And they just fucking argue every second. And it's pretty hilarious to watch. And you just know, like, oh, they're not going to last. Like, they're <laughs> arguing about whether they should take a bike or walk. Like, and they just won't let it go. She's crying. He's pouting. And they're in fucking China. Like, it's... That part of it is pretty fun. Um but I think we'll probably go back to Top Chef after this. I don't know. Maybe we'll like jump ahead to like season 11 where it's a little more modern and hopefully they've made the show a little bit different, changed the concept a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, it's obviously such a popular show. I was shocked how straightforward it was, frankly. Um, I'm sure it gets so yeah, more complicated guess, as they go. Yeah. So that's kind of everything I've been watching. Oh, no. I had to say, so when I put together my top 100 list, I was kind of like cross-linking to different reviews and rankings, whatever else. And for a lot of the games, I was like, ooh, I can link my YouTube channel. Because, like, you know, I had a Let's Play of Skyrim, and Skyrim's on my list. And I'm like, oh, I'll put some of my Skyrim videos on there, which led to me going down a very narcissistic rabbit hole of re-watching my old YouTube videos. <laughs> and it just, like, I, I watch a lot of them, especially the early ones where I'm like, ooh, I'm not very good at this, which is fun. But also, I just miss doing that. That was yeah. just so fun to make those videos. And, like, we would do those, you know, the Minecraft co-op. And we had our Dead Space 3 Let's Play that we did together. Yeah, the bro And even just, like, just doing Minecraft videos where I'm, like, building shit and exploring. And my Skyrim Let's Play, which was 101 episodes. And each episode's, like, 25 to 35 minutes. Like, that's, you know, 50 hours of YouTube videos I made just in that one series. It just made me miss it. I miss uh, I miss making those videos and it was just a good time. Good excuse to play video games. One of the kids in my show found mm. my YouTube channel. Um, oh boy! And so I, he swore to secrecy that he would not tell anyone else because I've told them like when you graduate, I will tell right. you what my YouTube channel is because um, okay. all the kids want to know. And this kid found yeah. it early. He's a junior. Um, and, and so he was like, I swear, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell anyone. I just want to watch my guy. Uh, <laughs> and then, so he's been like, keep me updated as to what he watches. And like, we had, we had a crew one day, it was the day after he had told me and he showed up and he looked rough and I was like, you have a late night last night? He's like, yeah, I was up really late. <laughs> I was like, good for you, dude. <laughs> So why don't you want them to know about it? Well, just because I like I say a lot of uh, like inappropriate yeah. things. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. It's not because like you're embarrassed of them. No, it's I don't want to get in trouble for my job. Right. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> yeah, I I, I say a lot of questionable things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. With with YouTube changing their like monetization, where like you can't be excuse me, monetize unless you have a thousand subscribers and you're getting like 40,000 views a month, whatever it is. Uh, like it takes away a lot of the impetus to try to go back and grow it because it that's so hard to do nowadays to grow a YouTube channel because there's so yeah. many. But like a little part of me wants to just like go back and do a, like do one Let's Play or like 
a random series on Minecraft or something, just because I just miss doing that. And this, the podcast is a little bit like that. Obviously, I'm talking to you, not to the ether of the internet. Yeah. But that's part of what was fun, was like, you just are talking to everybody when you're playing the games. And I don't know, again, it was just a good excuse to play games, and especially games that I love. Like, you know, I did a Mass Effect 3 series, that kind of stuff, with the multiplayer, and it was just like a good excuse to go back and play it, so... I don't know. A little part of me wants to, like, maybe make some YouTube videos again. But I doubt I will because I say that about a lot of stuff, and I don't because I just don't. There's only so much time in the day. I know. I know. Yeah, but it's good times, man. YouTube. I remember them fun, fondly. Uh, yeah, it was a fun uh, couple of years. Yeah. For you, a couple of years. For me, like four and a half. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I made YouTube videos for like three years. I think. Did you? Okay. I think so. Maybe not that long. But yeah, I. You, I mean, you made you did it longer and made more than me. But uh, yeah, I did it for a while. Okay. So, uh, anything else? I uh, just reading a couple things. I finished my nice. last Joe Abercrombie book, uh, The Heroes, which is the last one that I had read in the series of six books that are all set in the same universe. There's okay, the trilogy right. that follow the same right. people, and he had three one-shot, uh, one-off books. Um, so I fin- finished that one, and I started uh, Red Sister by Mark Lawrence, who wrote Prince of Thorns, King of Thorns, Emperor of Thorns, which Got you it. now have. I do. Um, so uh, this is his latest. I read – I have two chapters left in that, and then I have Grey Sister, which comes after Red Sister, and mm. that one just came out this month. Um, and is this a new series, or is it, is it new. built on the Prince of Thorns Well, trilogy? I don't know, because mm. the way that like Emperor of Thorns kind of explains some of the, how things happen, mm-hmm. it is possible that these two could be connected. It's a loose thread, though. Okay. Um, it's, it would be a very loose thread, but uh, it's, it's possible. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's... It's cool though. I really, really, I think it's really good because it has. It, it's a female lead and a mostly female cast. Okay. Which is like really, it's very different from the other kinds of books that I tend to right. read. But it's right. still the same kind of like, uh, several technological advances behind. Also, some magic and swords mm-hmm. and shit, um, with like remnants of Earth culture in certain spots. Mm-hmm. Um. It's still that, but it's, like, a primarily female cast. Um, And it's, like, a a lot of, like, really interesting characters that are, I think, are written well. Um, And the the main girl is really fucking sweet. I always feel like I have... What's the phrase? Like, I want... I, I make more effort to like something when it has a female lead. Just because, like, that's so rare. Like, yeah. I want I want it to be good, and I want to like it, and I want to support it. Um, yeah, it's just because, I mean, I've played a lot of things, a lot of video games and stuff recently with, because, like, you know, Horizon, and I played through both the recent Tomb Raider games recently. And it's just, like, I just like that. I like games that focus on well-written female characters because they're still a lot more rare than they should be. Right. Uh, and so I always want to like like I'm rooting for them, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want them to be really good. So yeah. that's cool. And I think I think Red Sister it's it's another another really strong uh book by him and I'm hoping 
that it wraps up well, and then I can also continue on to Gray Sister, and yeah, and uh, and that has some cool stuff going on too. There's a lot of like mysteries, and he mm-hmm. he's really good at setting those up in um, kind of a roundabout way. So sweet, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to to get around to Prince of Thorns. I actually picked up Harry Potter and the Order of the uh, Order of the Phoenix again because it's been. Like, a couple of months, I think, since I I used to read, like, a chapter a day at work at lunch. Okay. And I put that away, and I just haven't gone back to it. And I wanted to finish that before I jumped into those Christmas books I got. Like, I got the Star Wars Aftermath trilogy and the Prince of Thorns trilogy. And I wanted to at least finish Order of the Phoenix before I jump into one of those. Right. And just the other day, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything right now. Let me just read a couple chapters of Harry Potter to kind of get back in the mood. And I'm going to read more today. It's like a, it's a beautifully dreary Sunday. So I'm looking forward to sitting in the chair and reading some HP today because I, I need to get it done because I really, really do want to read that Star Wars trilogy and I really, really do want to read Prince of Thorns. So I'm sick of this like sitting in my way, but I can't, I'm like halfway through. I can't drop Order of the Phoenix in the middle of the book. Right. I just, I, I can't do that. It's Harry Potter. I'm not capable. But I'm not going to finish the whole series before I start the new one. That'll take me another year yeah. to finish those books. <laughs> yeah. So, but it is nice because I haven't been reading regularly for so long, and I miss it. Like I still have a big backlog of comics that I bought in the past six months that I haven't touched. Like the newest Saga Trade. I bought a couple of new ones. Um, uh, I was going to pick back up the old. Not old, but like several years ago, I think it's Mark Wade Daredevil series, which I loved. Yeah, it was like three or four years ago, this series. Because I, I loved the character of Daredevil in, in comics, and I wanted to like catch up. So I was going to start all over again and then buy the trades. And I wanted to do the same thing with Batman from a couple years ago when Scott Snyder was writing it, which would, when it was phenomenal. And so I went and got some of those old trades and dug them out of my giant long boxes and they've just been sitting in my closet for like nine months at this point. I miss reading comics. That's I good. had a friend share with me the other day that um, in Green Lantern, they're introducing a new color. Yeah, I saw that. Several years ago, they did Blackest Night where they introduced like the full spectrum of colors. And this was more than a couple years ago. It was like 2009 where they did a full spectrum of colors and like introduced, you know, the avarice orange lanterns and the red lanterns and blue and uh, indigo and all that kind of stuff. And it was fucking awesome. And now there's ultraviolet. John Stewart, the black green lantern, he gets taken over by ultraviolet. And like, that just sounds fucking cool. And I miss like being part of that. I miss like, oh shit, like, oh, the new issue. Oh my God, John, he's, he's fucking ultraviolet. Like, that's awesome. And I'm so unplugged from all the big superhero stuff now. Right. And I miss it. I want to go back. But there's too much, man. There's no way I could possibly ever catch up. It's been too long. Right. Unless I just, like, give up all video games, television, and movies for six months and just spend $4,000 and just read comics. (sighs) It's never going to happen. But I can dream. (laughs) A man has to have a dream. Especially when he's 30 years old. To read comics. That's, That's my dream. (laughs) <laughs> it's my dying wish. Maybe that's when I can do it. When I'm dying, yeah. let's go and read a bunch of comics. Well, all right. Without further ado, let's jump into some news. So I feel like every episode we have new loot box news. Yeah. And this one, is it's fairly big deal. So the Netherlands has passed a law uh, making 
loot boxes that contain items that have real world value are now illegal. So they put out a report and I guess they um, said there were 10 titles that they were looking into. They did not name the 10 games, but they said they were looking into 10, identified four as having now broken this new law. So it's basically like loot boxes that contain items that can like be resold for real money or like traded for real money because that's gambling because the the item isn't just a digital thing it is something that has real world value right. and therefore can be considered currency so you're spending money to randomly get money in return so that like if you, if that's how you're looking at it that makes sense why you would say it's illegal because it is gambling so they haven't said what four games have been banned or now break this law but um I read that the theory is that they are Players Unknown Battlegrounds, Rocket League, FIFA 18, and Dota 2, which all have loot boxes that you can purchase that have customizable whatever items that can be resold. So I guess they've reached out to these companies and said, hey, you're now in violation. You can't sell your games. You need to change something or else we won't allow your game to be here anymore. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting because a lot of this talk is happening in Europe, less so in the United States. Obviously, loot boxes was a big tentpole moment with Battlefront 2 and with all this other stuff and about gambling. But the current administration seems more focused on the violent aspect of video games, dredging up like 1980s political argument of like violent video games leads to murderers. Despite the fact that there have been dozens of surveys taken and studies across the world that have debunked this numerous times and say there is no correlation, still they're like, no, but violent video games. This kid murdered somebody and he played Halo, therefore video games made him murder someone. When my argument is, okay, but why are all the kids playing violent video games in other countries and not murdering people? Why is that different? Hey, no, no. Whatever. I I think it's because they drank Nestle water. They Mm. he drank Nestle water and he killed someone. Therefore, the Nestle water made him kill people. Yeah. Or maybe it's wearing black. (gasps) Yeah, I bet it's the color black. It's Nestle water. It's video games. It's also Mm -hmm. breathing oxygen made him kill someone. So we need to like cut down on the oxygen breathing. You know what? It isn't a problem. Is easy access to automatic weapons. Right. That, that is not the problem. And a failing mental health care system in the United States. Right. Also not the problem, certainly. Those two things, like, they may logically make sense. Like, the fact that most of these young kids who end up killing people in schools, it's not that they obviously are dealing with psychological issues. And it's also not obvious that they got weapons that they should not have been able to have access to. Those things are obvious. Like, yeah, they those were true. But, like, that's not the core problem. Like, that's a coincidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that they all wore trench coats, like, that, I feel like that we should be looking into. Like, maybe we should ban trench coats. Yeah. I don't think trench coats have any place in modern society. Yeah. Um, They certainly don't from a fashion perspective. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would also argue that it's not the shooter's fault. It's everyone else's fault for not walking up to them and making them feel good. Bingo. Yes. Yes. It's the victim's fault. Yep. If you would have said hello to him... On the bus, he wouldn't have killed. He wouldn't you. have wanted to kill you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, before this goes even darker than it has already, <laughs> uh, let's talk more about video game news. Um, <laughs> so, 
I feel like each episode, uh, there's been a new like E3 press conference announcement. Yeah. So Ubisoft came out and announced their like actual date and time of their press conference at E3. So again, thought it'd be a good reason to talk a little bit about what we would expect to see. Um, there's not like a lot unknown at this point, just because a lot of leaks seemingly have already happened. I mean, presumably we'll see more Skull and Bones, which they announced last year. Right. Could not be less interested in that game, but Agreed. I'm sure we'll see it. Uh, they've already said the division two will be there. Um, watchdogs three has already leaked. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trailer for watchdogs three. And then also, I guess there hasn't been an actual leak, but there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about there being a new splinter cell, which I think also totally makes sense. There's been splinter cell gear in a lot of the recent Ubisoft games. Like there's a crossover in, uh, ghost recon, wild, wildlands. Right. They even got, the voice actor to come back for yeah. a VO session. And like, it doesn't make sense to bring him back just for that little thing. Agreed. Un- like, unless you're also, you also have him in the studio to record VO for this other game you're making. Yes, I agree. Um, I could, I, I would totally like, be up for a new splinter cell. It feels like it's time. It's been a while. Yeah. I didn't play the previous splinter cell, Bla- but was it I think it's, yeah, I think it was, pretty well received it was more of a modern take it was less uh there was a, it was a little bit less spy hiding and a yeah. little bit more action oriented um i think like an open world splinter cell game would work like that sounds like a pretty cool idea um so i don't know i'm not sure what else that they would have there i would like a new dancing a new just dance yeah I don't think they'll have Assassin's Creed because they're doing like the every other year. So I don't imagine they would announce anything new. Um, I don't know if they still have more DLC for Origins maybe. that they would maybe talk about. They've done a lot of DLC in that game already. I wonder if um, they though if they have something something DLC related for Mario Rabbids uh, coming up. Yeah, maybe they did say. I think it was in a Nintendo Direct recently. They did say that there is DLC coming. But so I don't maybe, know that they detailed it. So, yeah, okay, that, so maybe that, that would that. make sense. Talk about that. Yeah, that seems like it's... I mean, it's been a long time since that game came out, though. That seems weird to, like, now come yeah, back with Yeah, but, it. like, with, with Nintendo and DLC, they just do whenever the fuck they want. It's true. It's true. Um, I still need to play that game. I forgot that I have that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Yeah, I know. I know it's, like, XCOM Lite, but I'm not huge on turn-based strategy games anyway. So the fact that it's more of the light than the hardcore is fine with me and the aesthetic seems fun it it is fun cute yeah it's a fun looking game so i don't know i mean what we just listed like that isn't enough to make a full press conference so maybe there'll be some new shocking thing but uh ea or ubisoft that showed off um uh, oh gosh i think it was ubi right that showed off um beyond good and evil yes so maybe there's some more of that. Maybe. I feel like but they that, have like, to. I don't know, man. That reveal trailer was only like that's the only thing that was made. They didn't have though they hadn't even started writing it yet. They were just announcing that we're making a new Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, but I feel like you So I can't you have imagine to put they're in a place. Out, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, I can't maybe imagine they're trailer. in a place to show. Maybe but I wouldn't – if it's just another trailer like the first one of like, yep, we're still working on this game, but this isn't anything about what the game will be, I don't even – I don't want that. 
Like, that seems like a waste. Yeah. But I feel like that's something they would have present at their conference. It's possible. That's possible. But, like, that game, like, that game's coming out in 2021. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no way they're going to be ready to show any actual stuff about the game yet. Uh, but they, I certainly wouldn't put it past them to do another trailer, even though that would be really stupid, in yeah. my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what else was there last year. I don't remember. I know... Um, maybe they have a new Rayman? Maybe. It has been a while. Maybe, but, maybe like, a what Rayman else collection? Do? Yeah, yeah. There have been a few Rayman games. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Not that... Ray, I mean, Rayman's good, but like I just... I don't know what you do in a new Rayman game. Right. Uh, what was that? Oh, For Honor. Was that? Did that come out last year or the year before? For Honor was a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, and I know that game didn't set the world on fire. Yeah. Maybe they'll maybe have maybe studio. they'll detail DLC for Far Cry Five. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that would make sense. Oh, because no, they've already announced some DLC stuff. Like right. they already, or maybe they haven't detailed it, but they're showing like the names they, they of the packages yeah. and stuff. So maybe they'll, so yeah, well, they'll that, have like yeah. specifics. Um, that could make sense. And maybe yeah. like an indie showcase or something. Right. Oh right. Well, what was the most recent Ubi art game? Because there was Child of Light, and then there was Valiant Hearts. And there was I feel like else. Rayman Origins was made via Ubi Art, part of their team. It was like an in-house thing, but I feel like part was of it? their Ubi Art team worked on it. Mm. Um, it's possible. Maybe another crew. Is there a new crew game coming out? I believe they have announced that. Yes, the crew too, because okay. it has like planes and boats. They've already. Oh, put that's out some right. That's right. That. So maybe they show but, gameplay. Yeah, maybe they show some of that. Yeah. Get your, a lot of get stuff your that, crew together this yeah. year again for the second time, even though no one wanted it the first time. <laughs> Clearly a lot of stuff that isn't particularly interesting to either of us. Yeah. I don't know. I, I own Watch Dogs 2. I haven't gotten around to playing it. And uh, I would like for The Division 2 to be interesting to me. Yeah. It's just that kind of game I just don't think is for me. There have been enough examples already of those types, you know, like Destiny, etc. Right. That... I just bounce off really hard where I'm like, ah, just that online co-op thing is just not the way I play games. So right. I'm not sure that a Division 2 would be interesting to me anyway, if, assuming they stick with the same type of game. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, I just have to go into it knowing that I'm going to bounce off early. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, what's the point, <laughs> you know? Kill 15 to 20 hours. I guess. Um, new game announcement called Brawlout, which is came out of nowhere, very random, made by a small studio, and this is, I think it's Sony exclusive. Um, it's a Super Smash Brothers game. Yeah. Like, I'm shocked with how identical it is to Super Smash Brothers. And I remember PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, that was very much a Smash clone, but they, like, instead of, like, doing... Um, percentages that like build up over time you could only kill someone with a special move and that was like a big change that i didn't think was good right but i did like because like it was all the sony characters that you like they're certainly don't have the stable as nintendo but there were a lot of fun characters this one juan from guacamelee is in it and the hyper light drifter dude is in it and that's it all the other characters are just like made made up. up for this game and i'm just like like that's kind of the fun of a Smash Bros type game is 
colliding these different game worlds together and pitting these folks against each other. It just, I don't know. It just seems really weird. I mean, the game looks nice. It, lo- it looks very much like um, what Toys for Bob has done with the Crash and Spyro. Like, it's very uh, Pixar-y look to it, yeah. which I think looks nice. But um, I don't know, man. I encourage everybody to watch the, the trailer for Brawl Out is what it's called. It just seems like a weird game to make. Like, why not make PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2? Yeah. It's all their characters. Maybe because that Sony you can't owns. call it Battle Royale anymore. Well, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> I don't know. Seems weird. And maybe it'll be good, but it just was a weird announcement. Yeah, strange. It's, it's even more like Smash Brothers than PlayStation All-Stars was. Like, it is exactly like Smash Brothers. It's crazy. All right, hear me out. Okay. 100 Crash Bandicoots drop onto an island made entirely of nitro crates. Okay, I'm with you. And that's the end of it because everyone dies in three seconds. Yeah. That sounds like the only kind of Battle Royale game I would want to play. (laughs) We also got an announcement for Serious Sam 4. They're still making those games. Yeah, I've never played Serious Sam before, have you? Um, I played the original Serious Sam, and I think Serious Sam 2. I have the Serious Sam VR games. I have not played them yet, Mm. but I got Mm. them super cheap in some sort of bundle at one point. I mean, they're just, they're like shooting galleries. Yeah, kind of average, yeah. Yeah. And, And, I mean, the trailer was just like an announcement trailer, and it looks over the top like the old games were. And they did say that there'll be more at Devolver Digital's E3 presser. Yeah, so which we'll I'm see. looking forward to because last year, yeah, based was on last year, it was last year's off was the chain. It, it was it was the kind of modern art that I am very into. Yes, it was awesome. Uh, I'm excited, but yeah, uh, I don't know I, because I've never played the series. Like I didn't really get anything out of the trailer, but with the way that games are now, like I could see them trying to do like a little mini open world style kind of game, which could be interesting twist on Serious Sam. So we'll see more at E3. Yeah. Uh, public service announcement. The Banner Saga 3 has a release date, July 24th. I am very hyped about this. I love the first two games. Um, they're also releasing simultaneously on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, which did not happen for the previous games. They came on a PC first and then on consoles. And there is also a physical edition that will be available on PS4 and Xbox where you can get all three games for $40. Which is great. That's if you have not played the Banner Saga and you're into the kind of strategy RPG, tactical RPG, I guess, try it. I liken it, the story and the aesthetic to Oregon Trail meets Game of Thrones, which I think is an apt comparison and also sounds awesome <laughs> because it is. <laughs> but and also it meets Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes, combat-wise, yeah. yes. And visually... It looks like an old, like, 1950s Disney cartoon. The way the animation style is. Uh, it's yeah, it's aw- just Both like, games are awesome. Yeah. It's I'm just really sharper. excited to play the third one. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, like, the um, style of the art, yeah. I'm super pumped. Super pumped for it. Dark Souls Remastered has been delayed on the Switch. It originally was slated to come out May 25th. Still coming out May 25th for PS4, Xbox, PC... But they really they delayed the switch, I guess, to make it work better for the console. So 
I don't know. They're, they also delayed the Solera Amiibo, which I know a lot of people have been looking forward to, the Praise the Sun guy. Right. Uh, which is which is pretty funny. So that one's going to be delayed as well. Um, I've never been into Dark Souls. If I was going to try it, I mean, the remaster obviously is a good way to do it, but I doubt I would pick it up on Switch anyway. Um, it'd probably be on PS4. Yeah. I don't know. Are you interested in... Because I know you, you liked-ish Dark Souls. Yeah. And I've never beaten any of them, but I'd spend some time with most of them. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. If I get bored this summer, I might get it. Right. Yeah. I could see myself yeah. wasting money on it for <laughs> six hours of gameplay, and then I quit. And then you stop, and then you just have it on your shelf forever. Yeah. Um, And then we got some rumor stuff. So this is probably true, but there's a rumor, a report, I should say, that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 will not ship with a single-player campaign. It will only be multiplayer and zombies. This is something that Activision has been talking about for a couple years now, and I think the most recent Call of Duty game on PC you could buy the multiplayer and single player separately. So they were kind of already going in this direction. But the report says that this isn't just like a business decision. It was more about the single player wasn't going to be done in time. And so they just cut it and focus on the multiplayer and the zombies, which to me is even worse. Yeah. Because like not only not only are you just cutting out a third of your game, and I'm sure we'll still charge $60 for it, but it wasn't even planned from the beginning. It's like, oh, we weren't going to finish in time. So it's not like, because, okay, you only have X amount of resources. And so it's X divided by three for the three components. It's not like they started from day one and said, okay, instead it will be X divided by two. So we have more resources to devote to the multiplayer and zombies. It was still X divided by three. And then at some point they scratched the third and are now X divided by two, which means fewer resources went into this than should have. And obviously, it's video game development. Stuff gets scrapped all the time. It's not like this is the first time a part of a game has been nixed. I don't know. It's just not. A, it's just a bad look to cut something out like this. And granted, it's still a rumor at this point. It has not been confirmed. And maybe they'll do the good thing and they'll come out and like, oh, it's forty dollars instead of sixty dollars. But I cannot imagine that is what will happen. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I would ever buy a Call of Duty game is for the single player, and I haven't played. Right. I played the first Black Ops, but I didn't play two or three, so I have right. zero impetus to buy this one. Yeah, I'm also just... I was never into the Black Ops series in the first place. I think I did play the first two, or maybe I played part of Black Ops 2, um, but I certainly haven't played the third one. And if this is the way they're going, where it's only multiplayer and zombies, or multiplayer and co-op, or whatever it is they do, yeah, I, don't think I will never I will never be interested in a Call of Duty game ever same, again. Same. So uh, there's also, as part of the report, there's a rumor that Raven Software, which has been helping with Call of Duty games for a while, that they're working on a Battle Royale mode for Call of Duty. Because, of course, they are. And there's also a big rumor that the new Battlefield will have a Battle Royale mode as well. And I'm just like, I could not be less interested in that stuff. I just don't give a shit about Battle Royale. It just isn't interesting to me. PUBG, Fortnite, I just don't care. I know both of them are huge. Like, Fortnite is the biggest game on the planet right now, and I could not be less interested. And I feel like that has become fairly common. Whatever, like, the it game is that everyone, that, like, regular people talk about, I don't want. 
because you know Clash of Kings or whatever that mobile game, Pokemon Go, Fortnite. Like these are all things that I'm like I feel like this is objectively bad. Like I feel like well that's not fair. Fortnite might be good. I haven't even touched it. Pokemon Go was not even a video game. But like I just I am not interested in these games that everybody that quote unquote regular people talk about. It makes me feel like a curmudgeonly old man that doesn't understand the young people anymore. Yeah. I uh, I'm just I'm so not interested in it. Um and I will say, I was listening to uh, last episode in my car, mm-hmm. and we got to the spot where we talked about how Lawbreakers, they were moving on to a new IP, um, right. and uh, one of us, I don't remember which one of us said it, but one of us was like, yeah, I can't wait to see which overcrowded market Cliff Blazinski tries to shoehorn himself into next. And, yeah. <laughs> and and sure and enough, sure enough, uh, their new game is Radical Heights, which is a battle royale which game. Is a battle royale game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's like, dude, uh, come on, man. And it's like it's such an idiot. And when they put when they put it out too, it was they in the announcement. And this came shortly after they announced that they were ceasing work on Lawbreakers. Like it was a matter of days after. Yes. And they put out Radical Heights as very early access and even said like, Oh, we've only been working on this for five months. There are a lot of like placeholder assets and stuff like that in the game. And it's just like, it just reeks of, we needed to put this out to try to get some money from people. Otherwise our studio will close, which like, I get that because it's a free to play game where you can buy loot boxes, etc. But like, it's just, I don't know, man. It was, I, I laughed at that as well because it's so obvious and like, clear that they put in as little effort as possible to do this yeah so i don't know man but um i guess since we're already talking about that there's another news story that i read right where cliff blazinski tweeted out that he was mad at epic games because apparently they're poaching some of his staff from boss key his studio um and he's like yeah we just launched radical heights it's really awesome stop trying to hire my people and like that's just like, one, it's so immature to tweet something like that and unprofessional yeah. to tweet something like that. But Ugh. two, that's just a bad look because, like, if your employees are this tempted to join another studio, what does that say about your studio? Right. And how they feel about working for you. Instead of being like, mad they, at that's, them, that's, how about you yeah. fix your shit? Exactly. How about you be better? So, just another example of just him being the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And he just doesn't get it. He's so out of touch. It's sad. Sure so. is. But uh, the other rumor mill thing that I wanted to talk about is that 2K allegedly has a top secret studio working on a new Bioshock game. And this, again, hasn't been confirmed. But it makes sense. I think it was um, Kotaku put out a report. Yeah. Uh, Jason Schreier, I believe, because he's the one. He's like one of the only video game actual journalists there are who like does investigative reporting nowadays. But um, he was looking into it, and when Hangar 13, one of their 2K studios, put out Mafia 3, which had some cool parts but certainly didn't set the world on fire, they had layoffs at the studio, and a lot of the leadership left. And apparently a lot of them have been relocated to this secret studio to work on a new Bioshock game, which sounds cool. Like, 
that sounds okay. I could see them making a Bioshock game. Yeah. And I mean, you look at you look at Bioshock Two, which obviously wasn't made by Ken Levine or Irrational Games. It certainly wasn't as good as the other two, but it had a lot of stuff to it. They stuck true to what makes Bioshock Bioshock, which I liked. And so if they can do that again, I could totally see another Bioshock game working in the post-Ken Levine, post-Irrational Games world. Because, I mean, the other option is we never get another Bioshock. And that, to me, would be a shame. If a new game comes out and it's terrible, it's not like that ruins the original or ruins Infinite. Like, those games still exist and they're still great. Right. I want the series to continue because there's a lot of promise there. So, where would you want a new Bioshock game to take place? Because, like, obviously we had Rapture, the underwater city. We had Columbia, the, you know, city in the clouds of balloon town, whatever. Where would you want a new game to take place? I mean, the obvious choice is space, but we just had Prey, which was literally Bioshock. Like, a very Very, Bioshock-like. Very much spiritual success. Yes. Yeah. So And I actually wouldn't want space... Because I don't want it to be futuristic. I like the I like how they take place in the past. Yeah. So I wouldn't want a space game. I don't think. Um, because and I think Prey fills that niche. Speaking of Prey, I still need to go back to that game. It's been too long. I might have to restart it. Ugh. But you're right. It that fulfills a lot of the ideals of a Bioshock. So it would be a bit pointless to make a space one. I was thinking of like it doesn't need to be that wacky. Like, I think they could do a, like, sit in the jungle in, like, the 1800s, I think could be really cool. Yeah. Like, make it more of a tribal kind of a thing, like an Amazonian jungle where they try to, like, go away and have their own, they try to go back to tribal times kind of feel, I think, could be neat. Um, hmm. Or even just, like, like a hidden a hidden city in the forest or something. Like... Some, you know, it it could be, again, like in the early 1900s or like after the Civil War, a sect of people in the U.S. wanted to secede in Yellowstone National Park. And so they like closed off their own area in Yellowstone and are living in the woods and have it be a little bit more of the Far Cry 5 vibe where it's like more religiously based maybe or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of. Without it being so crazy of underwater city or city in the clouds, there can be a little bit more grounded and still be very unique and fresh and fit into the Bioshock mold. Yeah. Although maybe a man, a lighthouse, uh, city? Is that what it is? I think so. A man, a lighthouse, a city. No, you could have a lighthouse in the jungle. That could work. Yeah, why not? But yeah, I'd be very down for a new Bioshock, for sure. Um, I don't think these other these other stories don't don't matter. Who gives a shit? Let's, <laughs> let's let's move on. I guess the only other thing to mention, and I think this actually came out before the previous episode, but we didn't talk about it. There was another new trailer for Solo that came out. Yeah, I only wanted to bring it up because I thought it was a much better trailer. It was a little more focused on the story, and like I was a little more into it. So I don't know. Not that I have super high expectations for the movie. I'm still going in with very low expectations and hoping it blows me away. But it was an improvement, I thought. Um, learning a little bit more about the characters and the, the story that it's trying to tell was a little more interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I still think, don't think that... Go ahead. Uh, I, I think I, we were about to say the same thing. Um, I know what you're about to say was probably that you don't think the lead guy is playing a very good Harrison, young Harrison Ford. 
Correct. Um, and I think, like, in stark contrast to how I feel about God of War, I think it's kind of okay if they separate themselves from that a bit. That makes no sense to me. I guess it's just because, that, that... like, I don't necessarily... I'm not super into Han Solo all that much. But that's not the argument. The argument is this. This is a prequel. This is the same character earlier in his life. Yeah, so minus a few experiences. Right, but in saying hypothetically, this I'm not saying this is what they're going for, but if they were to completely change his character, that doesn't make sense. Versus God of War, which is not a prequel, it is not a sequel. I mean, it kind of is a sequel, but it's like... It's a sort of reimagining. All the old stuff still happened, but they're trying to make it different. I don't understand how you can think one is okay and the other is isn't. The other isn't. It's the opposite. The, with Solo, they're trying to make him the same character, and they are failing. God of War, they tried to make him a different character. How can that upset you? But this be okay? I don't know. That is a. <laughs> That is a bad opinion. <laughs> Thank you. That is quanti- that is quantitatively that doesn't make sense to me. Like you cannot care. You cannot care that they're changing it and you can care more about the fact that they changed God of War, but to say they're not allowed to change God of War but they are allowed to change Han Solo, that's wrong. I guess it's because you Kr- are wrong. I guess it's because Kratos <laughs> isn't necessarily all that different. It's all the stuff around him that's different. And in this like I still feel like he is pretty different. I mean, he's definitely he's, he's definitely trying to be more subdued. Yeah. Well, I mean, because of, but I think those reasons are justified in his right. change in character slightly. But like a lot of the stuff around is not. Anyways, um, with the Han Solo bit, mm-hmm. I'm I feel like a lot of what they're showing is from early in the movie, and like through things that happen, he's going to develop into a more recognizable Han Solo by the end. Uh, That's what I think. I because he, he's like, he's a lot more open with like, like in his face and his mannerisms and stuff than Han Solo is. And I feel like some bad shit's going to happen to him in this. And then he's going to f- be a little more guarded and a little bit more assholeish like Han Solo is. And honestly, it's not even that I'm talking about, much more shallow comparisons. He doesn't move or speak anything like Harrison Ford's Han Solo. Hmm. Like the character development that I have less of a problem with, because I think you're right. He could, he goes through experiences that changes the way he looks at the world, the way he behaves, whatever makes him more closed off. That's all totally fine. But purely on a shallow level, he just doesn't look, act, or sound anything like Han Solo. And that isn't something that drastically changes over time. I don't look, act, or sound significantly different than I did 15 years ago. That's just not the way that human beings are. I don't know. It doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it doesn't you bother do know. me. You know that you are wrong. <laughs> you know you do know this you know it that i'm all right with being wrong (laughs) i know it maybe you don't but i do i know it okay (laughs) speaking of arbitrarily uh being angry let's talk about hate of the week 
I guess to be fair, this isn't an arbitrary one. This isn't a frivolous one. This this I think is indicative of a of a problem that the internet has created. This sense of anonymity that our opinions matter, that we have to share everything about everything. I think the, today's hate of the week is a symptom of this, and that is people that try and ruin discussions or I should say like shut down discussions because they personally don't see the value in the discussion. Like I don't think this is something that is worthy of being talked about. So I don't want to let anyone talk about it. That mentality. And this comes from the giant bomb Facebook group that you and I are a part of, which is primarily made up of a lot of cool dudes and cool dudettes, duders, whatever you want to say. A lot of cool guys and girls, different ages, that are normally like, we get along. There are several people in there that I have had to block. There are several people in there that I do roll my eyes when I see their posts or find annoying, whatever. But like on the whole, I feel like most people generally get along in that group. But I've see, been seeing this happen more and more frequently. Someone will post something. So like, here's an example. Someone posted, hey... I think Bastion and Brothers A Tale of Two Sons are two of the most underrated games of all time. What are some other games you guys think are underrated? And a lot of people come back and say, you're stupid. Bastion is not underrated. Brothers A Tale of Two Sons is not underrated at all. You're wrong. That's their response. That isn't the question. The question isn't, I think Bastion and the Brothers are underrated. What do you think? It is, let's talk about some other games that we all subjectively, personally, think are underrated. And yet, that's not what people are saying. They're not coming in and saying, oh, I disagree with you on Bastion, but I do think Brothers is underrated. Or, I think both of them are very critically acclaimed, but I think this other game is underrated. None of that's what's happening. People are just saying, no, your opinion is wrong. No, your opinion is bad. And that's the end of it. They're saying, no, this is stupid. This isn't worth talking about. And that really annoys me. It's very selfish. And like, and again, it's like, I personally don't think this has value. Therefore, it does not have value. You're not allowed to think it has value. There was another one about... IGN hosts of their videos and it was like comparing two of the hosts it was like who's the better host of this thing is it this chick or is it this dude what do you think and instead of being like oh I like this person or oh actually you didn't bring up this guy I really like this guy or oh I miss this person it was who cares there were like 150 comments on this thread of people talking about it, engaging, and bringing up names. Like, oh, I remember IGN these days when this person was on there. I love this guy. And then this one person comments is like, who gives a shit? Oh, I don't know. The 150 people that have been commenting on this. Why do you need to put your who gives a shit opinion on this? What value is that adding whatsoever? What? Why? Like... What was going through this dude's mind when he commented that? What was the point of leaving that comment? I legitimately want to ask, and I know I'm not going to get a real answer anyway, but I really want to ask them, like, why did you comment that? Not trying to be sarcastic, not trying to pick on you, but why did you comment that? Because I would be curious to hear the answer. Because I wonder if he has one. Other than, I think this is dumb, and I need to make sure everybody knows it. Well, other than he's unhappy in some area of his life and he's 
taking has it to take out it on other people. Yeah. It's so like childish and me thinking I'm more important than anyone else. My opinion's the only one that matters. And again, it's it's this is what the internet has done to us. When we're in we're in this immediacy culture where we can immediately get everyone's opinion on something and immediately give our own opinion on anything. It creates this feeling of there are so many opinions. It makes me feel like mine is smaller. So I have to overcompensate. I have to act like mine is bigger and better and more important than anyone else's. And that's such a childish view of the world. Literally childish. Like that is how children think. Because they don't know any better yet. But these are adults. It sucks. Yeah. And it's it happens all the time. People do it constantly. And what's the harm? What is the harm of people talking about who their favorite IGN host is? What's the harm of this dude thinking that Bastion is underrated in his personal opinion? I disagree with that. I think that it got a lot of critical, great critical reception. I would maybe say like... Um, it's not talked about in the same way as some other games that maybe it should be talked about. It's not like quite on the same level it deserves to be on. But I think that a lot of people talk about Bastion as being an amazing game. But that's a discussion to have. I'm not just going to go and say like, no, you're fucking wrong. That's stupid. Your opinion's wrong. That's bad. It sucks. Yep. It's very frustrating and it makes me sad. I don't like being sad when I'm looking at video game discussions because it's so trivial and stupid why do you care it none of it means anything why is this the thing that you're mad about who cares who the best IGN is who fucking cares lots of people let just let us have fun <sighs> who cares that you just don't like it week. Shay who cares yeah exactly yep who cares I mean, you're not wrong. Who fucking cares about anything? <laughs> the world is life is pain. Yeah, everything's terrible. As we said at Death the beginning of the podcast, your last <laughs> birthday, and in, in many ways, your best birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, switch gears and wrap it up with some positivity, I wanted to bring up because I haven't brought it up in a couple episodes. Emails. We haven't had any emails or comments in a while, and I know part of it's because I haven't been mentioning it because I forget. But send in your emails. Maybe. Read my top 100 games of all time and shoot me an email telling me how wrong I am. And we can talk about it on the next episode. But only if you're interested in the discussion. Not if you're just going to say, hey, you're wrong. Sure. Right. I mean, I, it's hard for me to have a discussion with someone else on the podcast that they are not on. Eh. But we can talk about the kind of thing. Right. Like if, there's a, if there's a particular game like, oh, I think this game should have been higher for X, Y, and Z. We can talk about that. We can discuss that. And then you can write a follow-up email to that. And that's how we have a conversation. Or if you just have a random question, a random thought, a random thing you want us to talk about, let us know. Check out the Shea Hates Everything Facebook page slash Shea Hates Everything and like leave a comment or send me a message there. Check out ShayHatesEverything.com. Leave a comment on one of my articles. We'll talk about it. But we'll leave with some positivity. So I will say that today I don't hate my top 100 games post. Not just like, oh, I wrote it. I'm proud of myself. But like I, I, I looked through it again a couple days ago and was like, no, this flows well. I'm not regretting this. Like I don't think like, oh, this game should have done this, whatever. 
So I still feel good about it. I'm sure my opinion will change as time goes on. That's kind of how it goes, but I feel good about it. Uh, today, I don't hate that summer is almost here. I am so very close. Is it? The end is in sight. Oh, just for school, for school, you mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that is true. It's only like two months now, right? Ye- Mid, like mid-June? Well, no, it's early June, so it's ba- oh, barely nice. over like a month. A month and a half. Like, yeah, a month and a half. Sweet. And then sweet, sweet freedom <laughs> for a few months. Yeah, it still isn't. And maybe it's just because we're in like springtime pollen season here where it just doesn't feel like summer yet because it's been like on and off a little bit cold as well. But just the pollen feels like spring and it's gross and I'm sure it's contributing to my still terrible congestion. Um, But I'm not at the point yet where it's summer, which I'm fine with because summer in Atlanta can be brutal. Yeah. I know when I know when Ohio gets quite hot as well. Yeah. But um, it uh, it just snowed a couple of days ago. (laughs) <laughs> so wow and i am sick of it yeah i mean it was 75 degrees here yesterday so can't really complain it was a beautiful day yeah i mean today i've not been outside yet but today it is 60 degrees which is well, that's great good. that's a fantastic degrees to be yeah i think that's about what it is here just because it's kind of a i think it rained last night it's a bit of a dreary day okay but that's the kind of sunday i want man yeah Read some HP, play some God of War, maybe watch some shows. Yeah, I Kelly. I hope I turn around on God of War. I really do. I do too. Obviously, you're like if you don't like it, you don't like it. But as with everything, I don't want people to not like things. Like I want everything to be good. I don't want things to be bad. Yeah, and it's like there there are a lot of parts of it that I do like, and so at a certain point, I think I'm just going to have to aggressively set aside my misgivings and try and enjoy it. Right. Right. Which doesn't make them, like, it doesn't invalidate them. It's still, like, you feel this way about the character. You feel this way about the systems. But it, it is good. If if there are if there's enough there that you're enjoying, it does make sense to try to, like, just be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. I don't like this part of it, but it exists. It is what it is. I at least want to do the thing that I do like. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to try to do. I get do. that way a lot. And that's, like, why I, hey, alarm. Uh, <laughs> that's telling me to go get groceries. Yeah, to um, go to the grocery store. Yeah, because we we do the click list through Kroger, so we like you have to go between this hour and this hour, and you just drive there, and what they bring all your groceries out to you. What? Yes. The, How expensive is the that? first three times? It's free, and from then on, it's like four bucks per thing or something. There's something similar at. I don't know if it's via Publix or if it's through some third party system, but Kelly's done it before. Where like you get a shopper. And you're on your phone, like, as they're shopping for you, and oh. you tell them what to buy. Oh, that's And it's weird. not that expensive either. But I think we did it. She tried it a couple times. I don't know, man. I just – part of – and I don't – I wouldn't say I enjoy going to the grocery store, but part of going to the grocery store is I always forget stuff that I realize while I'm there. And so if, if I don't go and someone else is going for me, I inevitably will not remember stuff. And that kind of takes away the point. Yeah, but I get like for me, if I go in, I buy a bunch of shit I don't need. Yes, I, that is also true. It definitely helps from a budgeting perspective because you're not tempted yeah. by random things. And I just I don't want to stand in fucking line. I don't want to be around people and yep. they're sick kids. I'm, I, I'm right. around sick kids all the time. I don't want to be around more sick people. I don't want to be yes. around adults who don't know how to wear deodorant and like yes because I I live in a city where there's a lot of nasty fucking people and. <laughs> Our particular Kroger really sucks, so I just mm. I 
I get there, I call a number, they say pull forward, I pull forward, and someone literally comes out, opens my trunk, loads it in, closes it, and I drive away. That is worth pretty good. four fucking dollars. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. As long as you're always getting everything that you need, absolutely. Yeah, and like they have things where Speaking if they of, don't have something, they have substitutes and stuff, like you can enable substitutes yeah. or not. And yeah, That's good. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, it's perfect timing then, so we can wrap this shit up. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Kyle, thank you for joining me as always. Hopefully my voice will be back to normal at some point and I won't have to be editing out coughs and like struggling to breathe. I feel like our pug Buddha right now. I'm just like <laughs> I can't really breathe out of my nose and it's just gross. <laughs> so you're just I need to go take my I need to go take my steroids. <laughs> Yay. I'm going to get that roid rage. I'm going to turn into Kratos myself. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spread uh, Kelly's ashes all over your body. (laughs) Right. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and um, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.